1: This podcast is sponsored by FlashFilmAcademy.com. If you're into photography, filmmaking, or video production... Flashfilmacademy.com is an online training platform designed to help you monetize your passion. There's a ton of information online to help you capture a better image, but there's only one place you need to go if your goal is to make a living doing what you love. Enroll today to get three free courses. Flashfilmacademy.com. It's time to turn your passion into profit. Save 25% off your first course when you use promo code DAT25. That's T H A T 5
2: This is Is a Flash Film Media podcast. Today's live is simply about one thing and one thing only. It's about being reassuringly expensive. And a lot of people think that has to do with image quality, video quality, but that's a portion of it, just not a lot. So before we get started, you know we have to run the quick intro. Let's do that.
3: You're listening to Content and Cash a Flash Film Academy podcast. If you want to learn how to take pretty pictures, this is not the place. But if you're ready to make a living by learning the business behind the camera, buckle up because it's time to turn passion into profit with your host, Ty Turner.
2: If this is your first time on this channel, this right. channel is simply about turning your passion into profit. Hey, and that's what we talk just about. Just one of those days. Anyway, so let's how go right, right into it. Turn um, your love If this is your first time on, you on, on this channel, this channel is simply about turning your passion into business. And that's what we talk about here on this channel. How to I turn I what, what you sure love to do in something that pays your bills everybody and you has can make a, a living off of Even as a side hustle or a full business. Yep. That is what this channel is all about. And I want to make sure, like that. It's been a while, and it's all good. Everybody has sure everything is up to date on here, and we're good to go. Okay, let's get right into it. Let's talk about it a little bit. For my gold members, since since it's a public chat and everybody's in, what I'm going to do on YouTube in the community tab, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post a link for you to chime in, for you to be on camera. So let me post that real quick because in a few seconds when we open up for questions. You'll have the ability to come on air Um, and I can see you. So let's talk about it. Let me post that there. Make sure that's for your gold members. So at least you can get that boom, bang, pow. There you go. It's in the community tab. If you go to to our um, YouTube channel and you click on community tab, you will see it. Hit that like button. Let's make sure you do that. Get your drinks. Make sure you don't have the juicy juice. Who had the juicy juice last week? Was it Josh? Josh had the juicy juice. All right. So let's chop it up again. Let's talk about a few things, right? When you want to be reassuringly, you want to be reassuringly expensive. A lot of people think it has to do with, you know, a lot of gear and things like that. It doesn't. I'm going to tell you one major thing you can do to help clients feel comfortable with spending money for with you. And that's simply having a plan. We got Matthew just jumped in. We're going to get to your question in a second, bro. But that is simply having a plan, right? Going into the game with a, with a game plan. And in that game plan, you want to make sure that, um, I had the wrong button. All right. In that game plan, you want to make sure that you can walk the client through what's going to happen. The client wants to be in a place that's predictable. The client wants to feel like they are working with an expert. And having a game plan on what's going to take place throughout that sales process will make them understand why you're so expensive. And I tell people all the time, I'm usually pushing this in the proposal stage. I usually deliver a proposal with a plan. It's not just pay me and we're gonna do your video and you're gonna get it, but it's usually um, something along the lines of, there's a there's a plan in place. Um, So you want to make sure that the clients that you work with have have an understanding of what's going to take place and not just what they're paying for. Because people don't, they want to understand how we're going to get to the end result. They want to understand how we're going to create this content when they've never created content before or never created content with you before. So one of the areas we want to make sure we have and we want to present early is a plan. And this plan needs to show that we are experts we do this a lot. It's just a breeze. So think about it. If you've ever had surgery before, the most scary thing about surgery is not understanding um, is not understanding what's going to happen next. So give me a second. I got y'all popping up on video. I ain't forgot about y'all, but I'm gonna make sure y'all audio ain't coming up. So stick there. St- stay tight. We're gonna pop you on in a minute. Um, so one of the scariest things about going through surgery is not knowing what's going to happen, not, not knowing what's next. And one thing that doctors tend to do is they tend to sit down and explain the process of the surgery. First, we're going to get you in at 6 a.m. We're going to, you know, get you anesthesia. We'll get you in the right outfit. We're we'll going to add some anesthesia. We're going to take you under and we're going to work and do this between eight and nine. And when you come out. We're going to talk about this. We're going to show you what you need to do to maintain whatever you got surgery on. We're going to write you a prescription. They're looking out fun film with the first super tax, super chat tax of the day. Don't want to be showing my underwear tax. That's right. So you want to make sure you explain the process um, and the procedures with, um, you know, with the, the client. So that's a part of it. Number two is uniform. Uniform, vehicle, clothing. It's extremely important that you are in uniform. And when I say uniform, I don't mean matching shirts. I mean a shirt with your branded logo on it. If somebody got a hat, it better have your logo on it. Everything down to the shoes almost. Again, when you work with UPS, they, they, you know, you don't question them about price and they show value in their uniform. UPS do not have to deliver in a uniform that you're accustomed to. However, they do it because it makes people feel comfortable when they see the guy in brown. They chose brown for a reason. One is it probably don't get too dirty when it rub up against boxes all day. But the second is, you know who that person is the moment you see them. and those guys being UPS socks, they be down from the from the visor to the socks. You know what I'm saying? So you got to make sure you're doing it. That's right. That's a good way. Let's post that question up here. I like that. You're right. Right now, I do have on Ralph Lauren. I'm not at a I'm not at a client house. I'm online chopping it up with you, so I can you know you can do that. Uh, when you are in front of a client or when I'm in front of a client, I'm wearing my brand. You got champs. No, I don't do champs. No disrespect to the champs. But so something to think about. So, again, you want to have a plan. You want to have a level of expertise where you can walk the client through the process. I know. I know it's jokes, bro. You can have it. You can walk the client through the process of what's going to happen. That's one. Um, and you want to you want to you know, you want them to feel like you've done this a thousand times. You don't want a doctor that's nervous or a doctor that's like, we're going to try to do the surgery. You may be able to use your leg again. You don't want that. You want somebody that's going to say, hey, we do these six times a day. This is what's going to happen. We're going to do this. We're going to walk you through that. We're going to do that. So you want to have the plan and the confidence to sound like you know what you're doing. And you can thoroughly explain the end result. So everything you want to be able to sit them and sit them down and talk them through everything from how to upload the video, what to name it, things like that. You want to have that whole plan in place during your proposal area. Not late. Don't talk about this before you talk about money. Or later, you want to have this up front, right? You don't want to say, pay me and we'll figure it out. Nobody who's spending a significant amount of money wants to ever do that. They want to know what they're getting before they pull their wallet out. So you want to make sure that you're able to address and explain that during the proposal stage of it, during the proposal part, that's where you want to do it. That's it's extremely important that it's up front and center. All right, that, that it's, it's, it's so important that you get that out of the way Two, like I said, is uniform. You want to make sure that you are in the correct uniform. If you have a vehicle that helps, you want to make sure that you have all of that when you present or when you're presenting to a client, if you don't have it, put a magnet on the side of your car. Get uniforms. You can start somewhere before you get to wherever you're going, but you can start crawling before you walk. It's very important. Now, those are, those are two things. Number three is expertise and understanding. That's why I tell you to pick a niche. If you're used to working with dentists, you know how to talk to a dentist. You know what dentists are looking for. You know how to help dentists go from one place to another. When dentists get you in front of them and you're speaking dentist lingo, they're more willing to work with you and they feel more comfortable spending money with you go get a tire and have somebody not talk to you about tires the right way uh this is you'll be like what i don't go do anything go go spend money anywhere you spend money and talk to somebody who don't know what they're talking about compared to somebody who do know what they're talking about you're more willing to spend money with someone who do know what they're talking about if you if you get a mechanic that says yeah I know you're here just to replace, you know, outer tie rods, but I really think that you should replace your inner tie rods. And here is why. Let me show you this on the wheel as to where your inner tie rods are going out. And then you should get a wheel alignment immediately. You're more you're more open to doing that rather than getting somebody who you go and say, hey, I need outer tie rods. And they're like, "Okay, here's some outer tie rods. Peace. Or they like, well, maybe you should, I'm, you might want to check the oil. You're not going to listen to them. If they know what they're talking about and they can be detailed and they can speak in a language which you understand that you understand, you'll be more open to spending money with them. You don't mind because a lot of people don't mind what it costs more than you think. They just want it done right. And everything you can do to assure them that it's going to be done right they'll feel more comfortable with spending money with you. So a lot of those things go into the pot when you're trying to be reassuringly expensive. You got to make sure you have all of those all of those things down well and it's difficult to do if your dog one of your niches is dog grooming and the other is real estate. You're going to have a hard time jumping back and forth in those worlds or building a brand that fully stands on being the best in that in that particular niche. I'm not saying it can't be done, but Walmart does everything. They're not really good at nothing, right? They don't have all the best tools. They don't have all the best TVs. They just got a little bit of everything. And, and it works for Walmart because Walmart doesn't try to be expensive. Walmart tries to be cheap. Price shoppers go to Walmart, right? And a lot of times Walmart stuff, is, it isn't, isn't even the cheapest anymore. They just know they attract lazy price shoppers that's not gonna shop it. That's not gonna check the price anywhere else. Right. So once they get you in the door and convince you that it's cheap, you stop checking the prices on most stuff. and You just buy it and you just assume that it's at Walmart. The price is good. Um, and really, that's how they that's how they increase their profit margins um, often, because people are just like, I'm here anyway. I don't want to go to a separate store to buy paint. I don't want to go to a separate place to buy sheets. I'm just going to buy it all here. So it's it's something to, to think about as you build a brand. You want to be that one paint store that's on the corner that has knowledgeable sales reps and a ton of different type of paints um, that you're going to spend a little more for. But you're going to have the information that you need to make a a a sound decision. I went through that recently um, with my truck and just trying to customize it. I had to go to a place that was a four by four place and say, hey, you know um what are the best socks what are the because mighty mighty key and all of those guys aren't going to tell you hey i'm looking for something that does more of this you know and not just a replacement shock or strut it was a little more expensive however i got what i needed and i don't mind spending the money because i want it done right so real quick we're gonna let a few people jump on and ask questions as we move forward we got the crew let me make sure i get everybody in the split screen if you're a gold member you can jump on in Booyah! What's going on, everybody? Make sure I can hear all y'all. I can't hear nobody. Hello. Okay. Okay. That's what's up. That's what's up. We all in everybody.
1: Hello. I can't get the chat, but I, I got the uh, I got the audio and video. It looks like, but I can't. I can't get the chat.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you can hear me. I can hear. Yeah, I can hear all you guys. I can hear you.
0: Okay. Okay.
2: So let me let so how do you guys feel about like where where are some places you have issues with showing value or being reassuringly expensive? I can't even talk today. Reassuringly expensive. That's the term I like to put with it. So let me let, so how do you guys feel about like where I hear some uh, some feedback? Showing value or being Might be.
4: Uh so uh I would say the uh, Matthew. Uh, I would say about building out uh, packages uh, being that really um, expensive. Uh, how how would you say for the production or even for photo production, um, like the type of packages once you have a your niche client uh, in front of their in front of your proposal?
2: OK, that's a good question. So to make sure I, I, I got it right. So you're asking about building packages to help show value in front of your niche client. Okay. so I tell you all the time, having a beta tester, right, is really important. Having a beta tester is really, really important. I'll give you an example. I've done a lot of work with orthodontists, uh, orthodontics and dentists um, as one of the target niches that I went after. Right. And one of the things that I learned while beta testing is headshots are extremely important to them. Headshots are extremely important to them. Um, so it was something that I learned to start including in the higher end packages simply because I knew that the clients wanted to shoot. They had new employees coming; that it was kind of a re- revolving door with dental assistance and they wanted to make sure that. So I, I would do subscription plans that were six months within that subscription plan. We would have a certain amount of headshots we would allow and we would set up those headshots based on shoot dates. So every second Tuesday of the month. So when I built out the package, I knew after working with dentists that this is something that they need. So I added it to the gold package, and it was something that cost me almost nothing extra to add. I mean, I'm using almost the same lighting, give or take some strobes. Um, so, but it was something I was, you know, I was able to kind of get things to go from a thousand dollars a month to th- to thirty five hundred, four thousand dollars a month, for instance. Um, and that's just an example. So what I did was after working with my beta testers, I just learned what, it, what is it that you guys want? Like, I don't want to tell you what you want. You tell me what you want and then I can create something based off that, or what's the problem that you're having. And as, and as I solve that solution, I'll solve that solution in different tiers. Just like when you go get your brakes done, they can get the, we can get you to reg the cheap ones. We can get you the decent ones that replace it, or we can get you some really good ones. So as I created my proposal and I itemized things, you don't get a teleprompter at the base price, right? You don't get a you don't get drone shots at the base price. We'll create that at, on the gold package, and even naming it bronze, silver, and gold. Some people get offended. Like I don't want a bronze. I want you know what I'm saying. I want gold. I don't want, you know what I'm saying? Like some some people just get offended with it. Some people just got to have the best of the best. And you don't even got to, what's crazy is most times you're not even explaining why it's better, right? Most people, you know, got iPhones, super pro Xs, and don't even, they don't even know why they got it. It was just the best. So real quick, Josh asks, is there a subscription plan contract? Yes, there is a subscription contract um, in the contract pack, or you can purchase it separately. So, um, make sure I got everybody in here. So, so those are ways just learning what they're looking for. Those are ways I started to create packages. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you the benefit of having that beta, those beta testers, those beta, those three beta clients is they're going to give you everything you need. They're going to tell you how to, how to, you know, it's kind of like they're almost, they're almost spies, you know, they're going to tell you everything you need to, uh, you know, get what you need from other people in their industry. Um, So, so make sure you listen to those guys. Awesome. Let me make sure anybody else popped any questions up here. All right. Uh, Any, any other questions you guys.
0: What about, so I uh, noticed that my barber posted a video on Facebook not too long ago and I told him that I was, for the longest time i wanted to ask him about shooting a video Mm -hmm. and it's i really didn't think it was that great but then i started to talk to him about it and i feel like he really doesn't know what he wants he's more so oh, i give you creative freedom and blah
2: blah blah but you know a lot of times i meet a lot of people who don't who don't know what they want i mean they just they know they need a video i mean and and it's kind of like um you know, a lot of people go to the doctor and say, "I, you know, I know I should be feeling better than this. I shouldn't be sleeping 12 hours a day. I shouldn't be this tired. I don't know what's wrong. And, and it's kind of the same thing. So you have to evaluate. You have to evaluate them um, and make a decision based off of what they're going through. Hey, what are you having a problem with? Yeah. Do you guys have a website? Um, do you guys... Um, you know, what, what problems are you having? Are you getting? Are you not getting enough foot traffic? Are you getting too much foot traffic and, and can't design where to go? So you want to make sure that you evaluate what what problems are you have? Is he having? Is it just getting cut? I think he really
0: just wants video. I think he really just wants video for social. I think that's really it. Like I know, especially with uh, COVID now, everything is res- uh, reservations. Right. So it's I'm pretty sure they don't have problems like filling slots. You know, it's right. just more so like. He wants video. But I like in my head, I have an idea like, oh, yeah, I think we could do like I asked him, do you want like a process video? Do you want more so promotional or like advertising? And it's just he's like, oh, whatever. You yeah. know, I'm just like, all right, I think I can get something together. But
2: now yeah. question, is he a beta? Is he a beta client or a paid client?
0: Now, he's going to be a beta
2: okay. for sure. Okay, so this is the so, thing, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I talk about this on another video. When you deal with barbers, understanding what barbers what their budget is, right? Like usually for a shop, you can get a bigger budget. You know, barbers are gonna have a little bit lower budget when you're creating content. He's the owner. Okay, well, specifically the, he's the owner. Oh yeah, so, okay, so that's gonna be a whole different. That's gonna be like tier two, and that's fine. So with the owner, some some uh, angle I would take, and this is just off the top of my head, just just shooting from the hip. Um. It's usually the goal is to get foot traffic, right? Or get people in the door. Now, if the goal is to get people in the door by way of reservation, there's a lot of apps that different barbers use. My barber used one called The Cut, right? Maybe we create some content that talks about where they're located, what type of what type of hairstyles or type of hair they cater to. Um, if they have any extra amenities. I went to a barber that I love that I hate I moved too far from that used to have cigars and and, and cognac and whiskey and all kind of stuff in there while you're getting your haircut. You get the whole facial and everything. Now, it was a pretty penny, but it was an experience. As that barber, if I was creating content for that barber, I want to show that experience. And I want to walk people through how to use the app. Hey, to set up your appointment, make sure you download the cut, select your barber, pick your time, pick your service, and boom, you're in. You know what I'm saying? We can get you in the next show. So, I mean, in the next you know, available slot. So that may be something that you can kind of wrap up in the whole video. You know, what do you do? What do you specialize in? What makes you great? Um, Where are you located? What type of services are you offering during COVID? And then the call to action, Hey, click the link below or go here. So you can set, book your appointment and things like that. But those are things that as you work with this barbershop, when you go to the next guy, cause he's going to say the same, you're going to notice a pattern of people in that same niche with the same problems over and over again, right? Great companies solve the same problems that everybody have, right? McDonald's said you broke, you want a cheeseburger? Dollar menu. I got everybody, go- and everybody who's sitting there with, with, with a dollar and eight cent in their pocket, it's like, man, that double cheeseburger look good. I can go and get an apple or something or I can get a double cheeseburger for a dollar. I'ma go get that double cheeseburger, for, you know what I'm saying, for a dollar. So great companies just solve problems for a lot of people or solve a very common problem. And that's what you'll find yourself doing to the point where you'll almost have shot lists together. um, For the next time you go to a barber, they're like, just give me something cool. You'll have a list of wide shot, medium shot, drone shot, close up, title music. You know what I'm saying? You'll have it broken down to, you can hand it off to somebody else and be like, yo, go capture this B-roll and then come back and we'll just edit it. and, And the product's done. And it's not figuring it out every single time or feeling like you need to be creative and come up with something dope every single time, um, for another client. Cause that's what companies do with you. Uh, you know, that when you go into a store, they got a menu that's already there. You don't, you don't get nothing special. Um, you get to pick from ingredients that they already have together. So, uh, you know, a, a dating analogy, the fun film, this is for you and the ladies. Um, So from what I hear is uh, guys out here use copy and paste messages. I mean, I don't know who they are, but and and girls get offended by that. Like It's not a copy and paste. I'm like, I mean, they're like, it's a dating site. It's a million women. I'm not writing something new for everybody. When you go to McDonald's, they're not presenting you with a new menu every single time. They're going to present you with what they offer. And if it works, it works. They're not going to rewrite it. You ain't even going to get a different font. A cheeseburger is a cheeseburger for everybody. Now you can customize that cheeseburger by adding pickles and itemizing it. But so, you know what I'm saying? If you, when you start to look at business, you'll notice that it's, they're just solving the same problem for everybody. So, and, and once you get it down, you're going to, that's why I tell you corporate work is the easiest work because once you get that system down and, and it's dope, you got to make sure you take, you know, you take note and, and create that system because it makes your job effortless. It makes your ability to um, provide the same level of quality. It it creates that consistency. They don't figure out how to cook a burger every time you order it at McDonald's. That mug is just on the timer. Like you don't even, you know what I'm saying? They take all the work out of, out of the chefs and cooks that work for these fast food joints. Um, So, and they use, you know, that's systems and processes. So it's something that you'll develop as you, Uh, growing this niche and it's something that's needed to make your business very efficient so that, you know, you know, by, by job five or six, if a barber came to you and say they needed this and they picked your gold package, you know, how long it's going to take to do it. You can quote it accurately because you know, it's that's 10 shots, two hours of talking head. I'm out of there. So, um, you know, once you start to do more and more and you know picking their brain you'll be able to put the package together that'll make it too easy bro you'll be bored with it so sorry for that long answer but
0: (laughs) it's all good I appreciate it
2: but uh, yeah 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 anybody else who else we got a what's up everybody Michael well you ain't got no name tag I know you Michael but you know
4: I don't know how to do it
2: Oh man, Uh,
3: I don't know how to put on a name tag
2: uh, I think it just says guest three. I don't know. I got to see that. I never logged in on that side. So
1: if he looks above his picture in the, I think like the top right corner, like where the, all the thumbnails are for everybody that's live right now, there should be something up there next to like his name where it says guest or whatever. It should be a little button that says edit. There you go. Click on that and you should be able to change your, uh, change your name.
2: He ain't have to peace out after the question. We could have just, you know, you could have just sat around. I'm like the Johnny Carson show, where the guy just moved down the couch, and we just, <laughs> we just bring up the next guest. <laughs> we just, but catch that's probably too young to know exactly what that, but it's all good. It's all good. I'm gonna cut my fan off because ah. it's burning up. But up. my bad. Next, all right, who had the, uh, who had the next question? This fan is live. Whenever one of y'all, whenever one of you guys are ready. You can jump right on in.
5: All right, I'll take a stab at it. Okay. Uh, I'm working
4: uh for nine to five, and I'm trying to get
3: this thing rolling. My company, any like you, you had you while you were working on your three
4: uh, companies uh, TGI Fridays, Texas Instruments, and then Dell. How did you manage to get that built?
2: your flash film oh man um so what you want to do is you want to go down to the dock it's going to be this guy from Colombia his name he's going to tell you what to do and you're going to get your backpack and whatever he put in your backpack you're just going to drop that off wherever you got to drop it off they're going to give you the money you didn't want that version okay um so
4: <laughs> my guy was from Nicaragua gosh
2: oh you got the good st- okay, okay okay good name <laughs> I didn't move up to that level yet. Okay. <laughs> it's
1: all about the Columbia.
2: No comment. Um, the views and opinions expressed in this video is not those <laughs> of Flash Film Academy. Um, thank you. No, okay, so I'm gonna tell you what I did. Honestly, a lot of times I use Thumbtack to help me. Thumbtack was my way of the hardest part of business is marketing, right? The hardest part is marketing. You can you can invent the most perfect tool, you can invent a car that run off air. If you don't know how to market it, it's just, it's extremely hard to get it to the right people where you can make profit. Right? So for me, Thumbtack was a place to handle that until I learned how to do it. Right. Until I figured myself out. So I would, and that's kind of why I started while I was doing weddings a little bit. Um, simply because weddings allowed me to work during times where I didn't have a nine to five. So weddings allowed me to work um, and a a wedding may allow me to work during the weekend or something or after or six. Make sure you guys uh, audio down a little bit. So I kind of started there and then I moved to doing a lot of weekend shoots or a lot of evening shoots. Somebody, uh, somebody audio.
3: Oh,
2: okay, perfect, perfect. Well, dang, he peaced out. Uh, Wait, wait. So um, what I used to do is try to book stuff around my work schedule and it was rough, especially with corporate because corporate is during the day. Um, It was, it was just rough. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was, it was super rough. It was to the point where I was starting to get so many corporate gigs that I was taking days off to go make money. um, If it was a big enough shoot and I had the time, I was wasting all of my um, vacation time to go and work and it was just, You know, it was just difficult. Um, So to make that transition, for me, I kind of jumped out there. You know, I was working nights and weekends and I looked at my paycheck and I literally had made $5,000 less working, you know, 10 hours a week than I did working 40 hours a week. And I had so much stuff booked and I kind of got it rolling where I was having success on Thumbtack where I was getting, you know, I was able to get um, sales regularly. I was like the number, like I said, I was the number one guy in the area on Thumbtack. I started just understanding it, understanding how to close, understanding how to bid, and as I become, as I became good at that, um, I was able to step away from my job. But I, listen, let me let me tell you this, and let me just be real with you. I don't, I you know, you know how it here is n- no BS zone. It was scary as hell. It was scary as I don't know what. Um, even though I had, my bank account was nice. I had a lot of stuff booked. I was like, well, what if it dry up one day? Like, what if it's not what it is? Like, what if I can't have, this, I'm not having the same success on thumbtack. Like what if this and what if that, you know what I mean? So it was definitely something to think about. Um, as I move forward with building this brand, um, it, cause it's scary. I don't, I'm not you know, I tell all my younger friends and family that are young and they don't have kids and they don't have the responsibility to jump off the jump off the couch, like jump off the cliff and fly now. Because as you get older and you got responsibilities, you got kids, you got all this stuff. Yo, you can't lose. Like I there is no excuse. I cannot lose. I got to fly. So while you have only you to worry about, you can lose. You can end up back on mama's couch and you good. I can't do that. So um, for me, I just kept building on the side, building on the side, building on the side. And even, you know, you're gonna get to the point where you got to turn jobs down. You got to turn jobs down. That lets you know, okay. And if if you're turning jobs down because of work schedule, I'm gonna tell you what else you can do. Right, hire somebody to go cover it. Go go get you a a, a photographer or a videographer that you're comfortable with that you can take on a few jobs and. You trust to go out and do it and let them go do it while you work. Let them cover it. That's a way, you know, that's a way you can do it. Um, and you can make money and you, you're not there, but you have to, you know, that will teach you how to do two things. One, it'll teach you how to trust people with your baby, which is your company, which is one of the hardest things to do. It's just hard to trust people with something that you built. And I'm. It's just like it's just like your first kid. It's hard to trust people when they watch your kid. You're like, uh, it could be your own mama. And You like, she she did raise me, so I can't go to the store. You know what I'm saying? It's just rough to do when it's your first kid. It's just you know what I'm saying. Anybody who had a first kid, no, it's hard leaving people with your baby at first. And you like, mm. you like. I remember one time I had left my daughter with my mother, and I'm like, all right, ma, she eat at this time. She like this and she don't like that. And my mom looking at me like, boy. You living, ain't you? I'm like, yeah, mom, but still, she, you know, and she like, I got this. And I'm like, you're right, you're right. So it just take time to trust people with your baby. Your brand is that same way. But it's something that you have to do to evolve. You will not evolve if you can't trust people. Um, and, and you just, you know, it's just a part of growing the business. So if you get big jobs or small jobs that you can't, you know, you can't go to, hire people. If you get headshots and you're charging two fifty a headshot, somebody would love to get hundred dollars to go do a one hour headshot, and I, they don't gotta find the business; they can just show up. It's easy. Go to like um, like Dallas Institute or different um, different colleges in your area. Those, there are people who are looking to work for a company. They're looking to get some time under their belt. They're looking to work alongside of you. Sometimes for free. I, I usually don't have interns. Because I like to pay people, but there's a lot of people who have degrees in photography, who went to school to understand lighting at every level, who are, who just want to add something to their resume. So you can hire them to go out and do different jobs. The scary thing with that though, the scary thing with that for me is I'm not worried about people still in my business. Not worried about that at all. I'm worried about making sure that I do what I need to do on my end to vet out that client. I don't like sending people, because I was doing headshots for a long time during kind of the, like right now, headshots are popping because people are updating resumes, right? They're updating LinkedIn. So usually when the economy drops, I usually drop back to doing a lot of headshots, just like resume writing get kicked up a lot. You know what I mean? Things like that increase when the economy drops. So I usually go to someone's home, set up a backdrop, take pictures, because if they're unemployed, they're at home. And i have I have female employees. I don't want to send them to the wrong house, so I'm very careful and cautious about that um i and it's just you know I can handle myself if something happened. you know one time I was taking pictures and there was a bunch of women and oh it was rough man it was it was terrible. um wouldn't wish it on the world um but you know you, you those are things that I'm mindful of but if you're in a situation where you're working, I would either schedule things around my nine to five. Um, or hire someone to go out and cover things that you can't cover. It could be your business partners. I I know a lot of you have business partners. You got wives and friends or people who are in the business. Y'all may just have to switch. You know what I mean? You may just have to say, all right, you got this, I got that. You got this, I got that. Until you can come together and do it full time. But what's going to take you from stepping away from your job, honestly, is not going, going to be your ability to do the work. It's going to be your ability to market. Right? That's why I say focus on marketing. Your ability to take pictures and be a better photographer won't get you off your job faster. Your ability to market your brand where you have to turn down business because you got so much, that's what's going to get you to to leave your brand. And for me, I I jumped off doing Thumbtack and I'm not going to say I shouldn't have done it, but I should have been more honest with myself on how difficult it was going to be to compete on Google. Thumbtack is bringing me leads. I had to learn how to build and fight on Google with my brand to be successful. And that's where I was up there and I had a little drop. And I just had to kind of catch myself and come back up um, in understanding how to be successful where the big boys play. And that's and that's, you know, and that's on Google. Um, you know, John, good looking out on the super, super chat. The compliment tax. Appreciate you, brother. So I want to make sure we getting both questions. uh on both video guys and text guys real quick. Just bought shirts off Queensboro. Bought some for the crew, although it's just me. Plan on hiring folks. Yep. I bought, my first set of shirts was like 10. I got like two small, two medium, two large, two extra large, and I just bought a bunch. They're actually actually pretty cheap when you go that route. We got John. We got J1 to trust. We got Michael, Matthew, Rodney, let me make sure I pronounce this right. Yusuf, right? Good looking out. If I butcher it, don't blame me. Uh, Detroit Public Schools, that's who I blame. So, you know what I'm saying? We all got to make it out of somewhere. So, real quick, let's... uh, Front film is going ham in the chat room. I see you, man. It's an election year. I'm, I'm going to let you have it. But real quick, I want to make sure I... Uh, <laughs> Answer uh, so some of the questions, John. Man, I like your background you got going on over there, John. You, you, I'm about to put you on the big screen because this is about to be your, your channel. John, like you ready to review some dope over there?
4: Yeah, well,
2: I mean, I'm gonna let you go ahead. We up. have a
4: channel, so I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay.
2: What's, what's that in the background? Is like comic books or I can't? The depth of field is perfect. Is it comic books or games or? It's a little bit of a delay.
3: Uh It's board games. We have a board game channel. If I duck out of the frame, it should it
4: should focus.
2: Oh, okay, that's dope. I'm a sucker for board games. We got one. Up. Okay, boom. What up? So, look, I want to kind of ask everybody just questions. See if you have any questions on on kind of what I was talking about as far as being reassuringly expensive. Do you have any issues with? we doing that or is the question uh is it just a different question and i'll give it a second because i know it's a little delay can you hear me okay i just want to make sure i want to make sure you can hear me in case you have a question or I'll open yeah, I, I don't know. Are you talking to me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was talking to you or anybody, anybody on the floor if they have a question, we can jump right into it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, there's there's too much of a delay
2: here. Oh, my bad, my bad. I'll answer this question and then I'll and then I'll wait for you your question. Um, was there a reason you had to stop doing thumbtack? Could you just keep doing it while you were on Google? Okay. Um, yes, you can continue to do thumbtack while you're on Google. However, how can I put it? Um, I I look at it like this, right? So Thumbtack, this is Thumbtack's business model. Um, Thumbtack's business model is to rank on Google. Um, And once they rank on Google, they'll spend whatever they want to spend to rank on Google to get people to look for photographers or videographers. When they bring you to their channel, their page they, You go through a questionnaire And then you have to And then you get posted, their information get posted In front of a list of other photographers So I felt like If I can cut out the middleman And outrank them or rank even near Them on Google I'm cutting out every other photographer that's on Thumbtack that's competing for that job Simply by just appearing You know, near Thumbtack So I'll have access to more jobs. I'll have access to more, to bigger clients. Um, And clients on Thumbtack had what I call questionnaire fatigue, right? They had to go through so many questionnaires on Thumbtack that by the time you're ready to ask them questions, they're just tired. They don't reply back as fast. They're just, they're not as interested. Um, And then I felt like Thumbtack didn't ask a lot of questions that were very, very, very useful to me. They were kind of vague. Um, but it worked. Um, so thumbtack you said thumb thumbtack is expensive. Thumbtack is actually not that expensive. It's expensive when you don't close as many leads as you want to. If you can close one out of three, it's not expensive at all. The issue is is just being better at closing, um, at closing the, 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 the sale, right? Closing on customers. Because you're paying about the same thing if you go on Google. And you may spend, let's say, you spend hundred dollars in marketing. If you get thirty people to your website, and five call you, and you can get, you know, two sales out of that five, you're still paying twenty five dollars a lead. So it's pretty much, it's pretty much somewhat similar. Thumbtack is a little bit higher. Um, the the bad part about Thumbtack is you can't. If I can go back and pull a database, excuse me, of clients that I had. I've ever, I've ever spoken to and market to them, Thumbtack will be way more worth it, but I can't. Thumbtacks, keep, they keep that information. So they can market to those clients and say, hey, you were looking for a photographer last year. Thumbtack now has contractors that you can search. You know what I'm saying? They can market to them, but I can't. That was one of the big factors on me not wanting to continue with Thumbtack um, for my full-time thing. I still go back to it. I, my Thumbtack stuff still blow up all the time. Um, and I sometimes, uh, pull stuff from Thumbtack. I, I got some big clients off Thumbtack. I got like Samsung off Thumbtack. I got Scion off Thumbtack. So don't sleep on Thumbtack and think it's just a, the place the broke people go because they want to spend $200 for two commercials. That's not the case. I've landed some really big jobs off Thumbtack that have not only been big jobs, but have been jobs that's lasted. Um, multiple years like long relationships i'm you know easily so So to
4: to confirm that thumbtack is basically like the like a yellow pages but just specializes in uh, photography video uh, that that type of work in a sense of uh, a client will search on google bing whatever their search engine is they'll click on the ad go to thumbtack see a slew of different uh, people that can fulfill the service Mm -hmm. and then hopefully they'll land onto yours but you don't get any of the tracking data you don't get uh, the full option of uh, marketing towards them like at the very beginning and then as you were saying they go through a questionnaire fatigue that they have to go through so many questions by the time you say hi they're done with questions
6: Uh,
2: that's actually correct yeah yeah see you got to think about it like this type it's like an angie's list they don't they're not saying hey if you want cheap photography come here they're not saying that they're saying hey we have a list of the top 10 videographers in the area and and people are filling out questionnaires to know what that list is to submit submit your um your idea or submit your request to the top 10 videographers in whatever area and, and let them bid on it or let them reach out to you to see if they're a good fit Thumbtack don't really push price like that. And that's what a lot of people think. Well, you know, I get a lot of low ballers on Thumbtack. Well, it's only because you haven't shown them value. You haven't brought them in to say, hey, you know, the price that, you know, you have listed, we realistically can't do it at that price point. Not Nothing, not, not that's on. Not, not something that's on the level that you're requesting. This is what I suggest we do. Um, and I've done that method and I've landed big jobs, big jobs on Thumbtack. Like, like jobs where you can pay off your car on Thumbtack. So, Uh, you know, that's just how you got. And that's why it's great to show value because they're not saying they'll, they'll tell you this is a ballpark figure of what we think it'll cost. You can, you can move your, you can be the highest guy on there. As long as you can explain why you're that expensive. A lot of people just say, we could shoot the video 3000. And you got a guy that's below you that's saying, we're going to come out to you, we're going to bring this, we're going to shoot that for three hours, and he's saying it's $2,500. they are going to go with that all the time. You know, a, a lot of people give Thumbtack um, kind of a bad rap, and, and I'm just going to be really, really just real with you. Most times it's them, right? They don't invest in marketing. They demo reel is music to beat. Their website is subpar even the profile on thumbtack doesn't fully explain what they do like a lot of people don't even want to fill out the profile like it's half filled so um you know it's it's something to definitely think about um jennifer says she used bark i've used bark before i'm not too crazy about bark um i i didn't have success with bark simply because I had so much success with Thumbtack and Thumbtack kept me super busy that's one and number two um one thing that Thumbtack did that I like was once they you got a certain they didn't want to overwhelm clients with um requests so you can only get a certain amount of requests if you say I need a painter you're not going to get 3000 bark was letting like 3000 people just so they sometimes never even get to your message that's the issue I had with Bark. Somebody's uh, on their way to pick up their backpack from the guy at the uh, at the dock right here, Alex. He's on his way. What's going on, Alex? Hey, man, you be safe driving and, uh, and chatting. I was just playing, man, but uh, ask for Pablo. He's going to be the one with the shirt with the uh, the one sleeve rolled up. You're going to have a pack of Newports in his sleeve rolled up like this. Just scratch your left eyebrow when you see him. And uh, yeah, just FYI. <laughs> But you ain't here for me. But um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, Jennifer says back now. Uh, oh, so now it's a limit of five with Bark. I just, I, Bark was cool. So, okay, let, let me talk about something real quick. Because on both sites, you're going to get scams. There are some scams to look out for, right? Um, you, And I got a lot more scams on Bark than I did at Thumbtack. At the time, I don't know it's changed, but at the time, anytime you get people, and this was the scam, right? The scam was... Hey, we got a location to film in. We want to hire you to come out and do it. Um, I know you told me your price is a thousand, but we're gonna wire you two thousand. Hey, can you take that extra thousand and then send it to the to location guy, or just drop it off when you get there to the? Can you wire it? Can you send it? That was one one big scam. Or a second scam was um, hey, you know um, what type of credit card service do you use? And I'm like, why? Why do I need to tell you that? Because they can determine what type of scam they can run. If you're using Square or whatever you're using, they want, they got a scam for it. So you got to be careful with that. I don't know who this Facebook user is, but uh, become a gold member. You have to go to YouTube, YouTube.com and go to my channel. And then there should be a join button. So um, those are some things to, to, to keep in mind. Those are some things to keep in mind. All right. Um, we got everybody on the chat. What's going on? Every, oh, Z twenty three back. No, no conspiracy this week. Nah. Let me let me get to Alex's question. I know everybody been waiting, but I want to make sure Alex ain't driving and 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 uh chopping it up, Alex. So uh if you got a question, we're gonna we gonna give you the floor real quick so you can make sure you ain't out there, you know, ghost riding the whip. I, I can't even hear you, bro.
5: I think he don't want to ask a question just yet.
2: Okay. Well, we can just we'll just let him ride. We'll just ride with you, Alex. we riding with you, right? Uh, but if you get pulled over, cut that mic on so we can make sure you're good. Up oh, there goes E23. All right, he out. Okay. All right. Uh, it's the conspiracy. See, he got he see, got it's the conspiracy. You see the
4: message from uh Mindy on uh on the max just recently came in.
2: Uh let's see. Mindy 79 watching. That right there. Let me make sure I can post that in the room. Make sure we you're looking out Mindy. Mindy on the Max. Man, is it Mandy or Mindy on the Max?
1: Looks like Maddie. I'm at Max Maddie. M A D I. So I do have a question. Maddie? Like Madison, maybe? Short for Madison.
2: Okay. Who wait, who had who said they had a question?
5: Uh Jay the Oh, okay.
2: What's going on, brother?
5: not much not much so i had a quick question i mean being reasonably expensive mm-hmm. uh sounds nice but there's probably like some pros and cons to that um can you
2: like oh do yeah a quick review of that? okay so let me get the let me get the cons out of the way the con is is really one you have to be able to deliver what you said you're gonna deliver right you can't you can't set up a plan and then y'all skip the whole itinerary and it's just fluff to look like you're doing. You know what I'm saying? You have to be able, you have to have a system and process in place that that you actually follow, that actually works. Um and, you know, you gotta live by it. I, I can't come on here and tell you guys that how to how to build a, a a demo reel, and then my demo reel doesn't follow what I what I what's in the course. Um it just doesn't work like that. So when that's the con to it is you got to deliver, you got to be confident in your ability to deliver what you say you're going to deliver. That's the con. The pros is you're going to make what you deserve to make. You're going to make what you should be making. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of people don't ask for it because we're thinking what our pockets we're thinking with our money. We're not thinking with their money. And if you do that in corporate America, you will only rob yourself. Because often you'll find out that their budget was 500000 and you asked for five. Or or what you offer them for was five. And I, let, me, let me clarify that. Because when I say offer and ask, I don't mean throw up a big price for somebody because you think they got money. I mean actually offering them a package that will fully take care of what they want or what they need at a price that may be a little more than what others can can afford. When when it, When an NBA player, you know, um, pulls a hamstring, his you know, or his surgery or his recovery is going to be a little more expensive than the average person. The average person is going to get a boot, maybe some surgery. They make a little more money, so they're going to get different physical training. They're going to get a different type of boot or a brace. They're just going to get better care for the same injury based off of what they can afford. When you go and you work with a client, a corporate client, you got to treat them like they're an NBA player that wants video they can afford to shoot transformers other customers can only afford to shoot the Blair Witch Project and that's cool but you know you want to have things that are in between so you can know what to offer to who and being reassuringly expensive means you only work with NBA players that's it you only work with a type of client that can afford a higher level of content creation if we're going to write the script and we're going to Um, do all the pre-production. We're going to find the locations and things like that. Certain clients can't afford that, right? A client that is, owns a yoga shop may not be able to afford that. However, if you work with Samsung or Shell or a big company, it's nothing to them. It's nothing to them to say, okay, I I work for, uh, I did some shooting for GE, uh, General Electric, and they make locomotives. They make trains here in Dallas and Fort Worth. Um, And I, I pitched them a package and they were like, cool, we want to pay for that package. And then we want to fly to Kentucky and do the same thing. And I'm like, okay. So, you know, when you itemize it and you have it all laid out, they can go in and make a determination and, and you pitch them three packages. They can make the determination on what works for them, but don't, don't lowball yourself. Don't lowball yourself when you work with, with, with companies you got. Now, you're going to learn this by your beta testers, right? Because they're going to tell you, hey, I run a, I run a, a restaurant, but we only do 40000 a month. Okay, what do you guys normally spend on marketing a year? You'll, you'll, get the, you'll get those answers and you'll know where to price it. And you'll know when you're, you're overpriced, right? It don't matter how much value you offer. People just don't have it. Um, just like the gentleman was speaking earlier about working with barbers, you're working with the owner. It's going to be completely different than working with a barber. A regular barber the max they'll probably spend on the video is $500, max, depending on where you are. Unless you have one of the super L.A. barbers that's doing like, he got like razors on his hand and he doing like cuts and it's like a six month wait and, you know, he's doing $9.99 a cut. And it's a bunch of old ladies begging to get in. Now that 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 stylist can do stuff that a regular barber can't do. But a regular barber, he can only afford probably an Instagram video. And that's just, you know, you talk to barbers, you just you just realize what they can spend. So there aren't really any cons to it other than the fact that you have to do, and usually over-deliver. I try to over-deliver um, as much as you can. The pros to it is your business will grow better. Your business will grow faster. With more profits, your business can grow. Everybody can get shirts and undershirts and coats and jackets and everything. Like Like when you have money to invest in the business, your business will grow. You'll be able to put two, three, four thousand dollars into marketing. Um, you'll be able, you'll you'll be able to be more selective on the on selective on the jobs that you take. I don't take every job that that come to me. I got six I've turned down this week alone. Um, that hey, we need you to do this. Hey, we need you to do that. And they may not have the budget, or it may just be something that I'm not interested in doing. Um, it may be so far out of the dish that I'm just. I'm good. So when you're when you're reassuringly expensive, you know, and you have the profit to kind of be selective, um life is just better for you. You have more time. Cause the goal is to do listen, some people want to work seven days a week. I don't. I don't. I want to do one big job a week. If I can do one ten thousand dollar job a week, I'm going back to sleep. So you know, I just want to be honest with you. Like, I, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not signing up to work at a plant or doing, you know, I don't. I'm not expected to do that type of labor, but you got to work up to that point. Um, it's something that that doesn't happen overnight. I got a few people checked out. Hold up. So, that's the that's what's great about understanding your value and having the ability to, um, having the ability to be a little more expensive. Let me make sure I got all the questions. So um let me ask you this question right here. What's your opinion on asking what's your budget? And and if you're on a video chat, you guys can feel free to jump in with questions whenever you're ready. Don't, you know, I know y'all I know y'all sitting on the couch, but y'all can jump in. Y'all sitting on the Johnny Carson couch, but y'all can jump in whenever you're ready. So I very rarely ask what what is your budget, right? Because to me, somebody who's asking me what my budget is, is just trying to maximize my budget. You know what I mean? So, and often it's not usually that's not usually the case. However, being a con, on the consumer side, it often feels that way um, because the truth is, people are willing to pay whatever they gotta pay to get it right. Your job is to show them that you can do it right on multiple levels. So, I'm I'm usually not asking what is your budget because I don't I honestly don't care what your budget is. If you're telling me this is what you need and I'm saying this is what it costs for us to do it right, either you can afford it or you can't. Now, we can itemize it and take a few things off, but either you can afford it or you can't. If you tell me your budget is $200, it don't matter. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter what you say. At that price point, we're not going to be able to make it work. So...
1: so Ty, a uh, question no. about that. Oh, yep. somebody else just jumped in. Who? Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. You get,
4: you get Ronnie. I'm
1: always talking. <laughs> well, no, I, I was, <laughs> thanks, man. I was going to ask, uh, in a situation like that, because it, it, it sounds like it's opposing what you were saying earlier about shortchanging yourself, mm-hmm. right? And if you're not asking for the budget and you're saying, hey, look, in order for us to do you know, this project, it's going to end up being about 25 you k know, but they had a budget to do, you know, say, for instance, maybe fifty dollars or $100,000. How do you avoid that happening?
2: Oh, that's perfect. That's a great question. Okay, so usually, if somebody can max you out at twenty five thousand and they got fifty to play with, they're usually going to double up on what they need, right? If somebody, if you say twenty five k and they're like, "That's not a problem," they're usually going to say, "Okay, can we get a version like this?" Or you can offer, "We can do multiple versions. We can do a Facebook version, an Instagram version." Once you ask the questions to know more about the problem, you don't want to max out. I don't want somebody to feel like I am maxing you out because of the money you spent or because of the money you have available. I don't want, I want them to say they take, they take, they took care of me within a price point that I am happy with. That's what you want from your client. That builds a long relationship, a longer relationship than just that one time. Cause you can max somebody out once and they done with you, or you can give them a lot of value for less than what they had in mind and they, they know now that they can work with you and it's, it's nothing to think about. Whatever he say, pay it, let's go. Because you've developed that relationship. So I'm, I'm, I honestly, I don't want to be in a situation where I'm trying to max out their budget. It feels good once, but what really feels good is when they call you back and book stuff every quarter. Hey, in October, we need this. In December, we need that. And they know that they can afford you, even though it's, you know what I'm saying? Even though to you, it's a lot of money, to them it's not. I don't want to push them to 50 to $48,000 and they're like, Ugh. and you're trying to make it seem like it's worth $48,000 just because of their budget. I would rather have my standard pricing that I can go through and itemize and talk about all day long. And I know I'm within their budget and we can, you know, we can, I can offer some extra things, you know, I can offer, you know, uh, makeup artists, I can offer different formats for different um, platforms I can offer to um, do the SEO on the video. I can offer to write the description on the video, the thumbna- the thumbnails. I can offer to take a look at. Like I had a client when we looked at their their um their YouTube channel and we we offered a service where we looked at their YouTube channel and we updated it. We, we updated their graphics, which I went through Fiverr to get. We updated their uh, SEO just do because they had no keywords or nothing. Um, their t- their titles were terrible, so we offered services like that to keep doing more and more for the client. And the client became almost dependent on us for all of their social media needs. Now I have a client for life who like, we don't even want to touch it, bro. You've been on it for two months. We got more subscribers than we had in in, in two years. So whatever you're doing, we know works. We want to make sure we keep allocating a certain amount of budget to this area so that we can continue to grow. So I, I would much rather that than to hit them one time hard.
1: All right, thank you for
2: that. I appreciate that. No problem. No
4: problem. Uh, to to piggyback on a previous question, a question that came in mm-hmm. through the chat, um, you saying that you don't ask for budget. Yep. Um, uh, uh, someone said on your website you also don't have like a niche industry like on your website. So they ask now ask um, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you sound uh, when you interact with these clients? How do you s- uh, sound informative and an expert? Um, on their industry? Is this because of the uh, trap you set of your demo reel or are there other uh, tactics as well with that?
2: Okay. Um, Great, great question. Um, First things first, 90% of my clients, 90% of them literally say, I want you, I want a video like your demo reel for our company. 90% of them literally say that. We're trying to express what we do, how we do it, why we do it, so clients can understand why to do business with us or how to do business with us, kind of both. That is literally 90% of the people who are like, I, I saw the video, we want that. The other 10% is usually something different, like they want corporate event photography or something else that's on the page. Um, But 90% is saying we want a video that talks about our brand or we want a video that talks about our event. We want a video like that, that talks about our product. That is a majority of what I do. So I'm showing up and it's talking head and B-roll talking head and B-roll. Let's write a script based on your brand story. Let's understand who your target audience is, who you're trying to sell to. What are you trying to get this target audience to do? Are you trying to get them to click a like button to buy something to come into your store? Let's get a better understanding of what the goal is of your target audience, right? So when you look at my demo reel, my goal is to build trust with you. My goal is to make you feel like I can trust this company to help me get a return off of my investment. That's my goal. What is your goal for your brand? And we sit down and we work that out and we create writing for it. Um, and then we create that video for that client. But 90% of the people are literally like, hook me up with that. What do we got to do to get that? Um, so for and, all those...
1: So for all those kind of videos when you're doing kind of like that brand story video, do you always write a script or do sometimes you do more of like an interview format?
2: I always write a script. I always I'm gonna tell you why you want to always write a script. You can't predict what people are going to say during the interview, right? You can't even predict the pace they're going to say it at. You can't predict the mood they should be in, right? When you ask questions. Um and all of that is important with the theme of the video. If I'm doing an upbeat video, I want to get people upbeat talking. I want to understand what they're saying so that I can make sure that their rhythm, their mood matches the video. But the most important part is I can't control my ability to capture B-roll if they're talking about stuff. And I'm like, what? One time we took the, we took the executives on a trip through the Swiss mountains. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get B-roll for this? Did y'all take pictures? Like, where am I supposed to... How am I supposed to get this? How can I show this? So I like to control the narrative. And I like to control the timing of the video. If I say we're doing a one-minute video, I don't want people on interviews talking like this. Yeah, because this country and this this company is a good company because I like... No. I want to be like, okay, now say this part within 30 seconds. All right, say this part. And then... It, it cuts out another part. Usually when you let people talk and then you create a video if it's a big company, that video is going to take longer to edit because they got to go through legal. It got to go through all of their channels to make sure that it's correct, especially if it's for public use. And it's just it's just a headache where I can get a script and they can run it through legal in a text form and run it through all of their channels to get approval in text form. And then we can go on location to have it filmed and have people talk about it and have um, and have people not f- talk about it, but have people on camera reciting it. Um, and it's easier for me to have people get comfortable and, and say their part. So now if I'm doing testimonial, sometimes things are a little different with testimonials. Testimonials is not going to be script. I'm only going to pull something from a testimonial. That's a one or two liner from a testimonial. It's a little different than an actual a video about the company. I don't want the long version on why people like because because you can ask questions to try to push people like you know what I'm saying in the direction you want, but that's difficult to do. Listen, just just this is a script, man. Say it, and you know cut. So, if if anything, I would add some testimonials, and I can drop a line or two in just to keep it real. But for the most part. If I'm doing a promo video, which is going to be separate from the testimonial video, if I'm doing a promo video for a brand, it's all scripted until we get to the end and we got one client saying, yeah, I, I use them and I love it. That's it. That's the only part that we're getting out of, you know, the testimonial. So um, real quick, I was asked, do you use teleprompters for scripts? I do. And and I'm going to tell you, um, that's an add-on. So make sure that you're charging people extra to get a teleprompter because if not you're going to be there an extra two hours and they're going to pay for it that way but but often you get a lot of people who work for these companies who aren't good in front of cameras i've met public speakers that froze up in front of a camera they're they're talking like this or they're just like you know what i mean so with a teleprompter people have to read instead of them trying to say what they want to say and things don't come out right and they and they play it back and they're like oh, i shouldn't have said that all right Teleprompter legal has approved it. Your marketing department has approved it. The executives have looked at it. Just say it. And I can just coach you on looking more natural as you say it. But we know it. It just makes my job a lot easier. And we're not pulling somebody back in the office a month later because they said something that, you know, shouldn't have been said. And it, and it is not always like bad words or something terribly wrong it can be just an internal process that they weren't supposed to talk about that they don't want the competitor knowing. Um, One time I was working with a coffee company um, and he talked about the process that the coffee beans go through. And I didn't know it was some top secret stuff. He didn't either. But it was just one little small light or laser or something they go under. He mentioned and legal was like, no, pull it, delete it, burn it. You're not even supposed to know about that. Now, I got to sign an NDA out of nowhere saying that I won't even talk about. And that was an example, the laser or whatever, but saying that I won't talk about this process. So, yeah, I end up selling it to IHOP. And that's why the coffee so good now. But I'm sorry. Next question.
5: Yeah. So question for you. Um, as far as doing the script, what, uh, how often do you do it yourself compared to sending it up to Fiverr? Like, how do you know when you feel that you need to send it up to Fiverr compared to, okay, I already know how to do this?
2: Okay. That's no, a really good question. Um, the moment I graduated from a Detroit public school um, told me that I need to be referring all scripts to Fiverr. <laughs> uh, let me just be real with you. I suck at grammar and writing. I'm terrible at it. I get it. It's my weakness. Uh you give me that camera or that business, and I can sell you some stuff, bro. But the moment I got my diploma and it said Detroit on it, public schools, I was like, yeah, bro, I'm gonna rock with Fiverr and just pay that little money to go with Fiverr. Plus, you know, Fiverr. I like to I like to work with people who have a passion for what they're doing. There's people who just love writing. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. Um, I'm not that guy. I'm I'm okay but and i i can write a story i can write a story like it's nobody's business i can write a script like it's nobody's business for for television purposes you know i can write a horror movie where six ladies j- trip on the first 10 minutes running from the bad guy and he just pop out from behind a tree like it's nobody's business but i like to bring in writers who have a passion for it who understand um who understand copy a little bit better than i do some have better um, experiences in, se- in sales writing. So for that, I want to bring in an expert. Plus, two things happen. Um, two things happen. One, I'm not wasting my weekend trying to write it. And two, they get the best possible quality that, that they can afford um, from somebody who loves doing it. So I don't, I don't get tasked with something I'm not good at that I don't want to do that's taking up time and I can just push it off to an expert. Um, and often in business, you're going to have to push a lot of stuff off to experts, even though we can try to do it. I can go try to set up some Google advertisement and I can walk through it and I have a decent understanding of it. But there are people who live and eat this stuff that can create something that's way doper than you can. And you just pay the money to do it. I mean, and and and, and you have to be comfortable with that because initially or or that's what people are doing with you. They can go out and learn how to work a camera. They can hold their iPhone. They can figure out what microphone works best with, with, uh, with their iPhone or whatever. But they're hiring an expert to go and do it for them. So you're going to have to do that a lot for your business. Um, You know, Frozen says, what if clients don't want to pay the $500 to add the price of script writing? Then tell them to write it. And then we'll just charge you $250 to look over it. Perfect. Tell them to write it and we'll have our writer look over it or we'll have a editor, our editors look over it for $250. And then you go get you a $50 editor off of Fiverr to look over it and you still make profit. So another, another real good question real quick. You guys on video can jump in whenever you're ready, but Facebook user, they don't tell me your name, but it says "Uh, with script writing, if you outsource it, for $100 on Fiverr, do you charge 200 Nope, you charge 500 You charge a lot more than you're actually paying. Um, usually, we charge anywhere between five and and $1,000 for script writing.
4: Okay, so Ty, here here's a question. This is more, um, I just got done reading a book called Upper Limit. So this might be more me not being uh, used to saying like $500. Can you mm-hmm. tell me your process of when you understood or like how you were comfortable of saying like all right if Fiverr is charging a hundred dollars, uh in order for me or my people to eat, uh I need to charge that to I need to charge the client five hundred dollars. Can you tell me like your process, mental, physical, jogging method, anything uh <laughs> on on how on how you did that.
2: Okay. Um I'ma tell you I'm gonna tell you the watered down YouTube version and I'm going to tell you my version, right? So the water I'm not going to say it's not watered down. It makes a lot of sense. Um, the watered down YouTube version or the general version is you have to look at what are your goals as far as what do you want to make this year, right? Um, after being in business for some time, you'll get an idea of what that like, what like how many clients you're getting. What do you want to make per client? You know what I mean? To know where your profit margins are. That's the business approach. That is the book version of how to determine it, right? For me, I usually break it down into, into tiers, right? I got an okay writer. I got a writer that can get it done. And I got a really good writer, right? Depending on one, the client, if I'm working with Samsung, I know I'm just going to get the really good writer, right? I'm just going to start with the really good writer to jump on it. So for me... Profit margins for for labor or for services, in my opinion, and this is just me, I'm going to make at least at least 50 percent off what I off off my cost. Right. Um, usually it's around 200 percent. And I'm going to tell you why. If, if if my writer's charging me 100 and I'm charging five. Right. The client can be totally unhappy with 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 the writing that they get. And I can go to three other people and have it redone and still make a profit. I always leave that cushion in there. Hopefully, if I do right and I pick the right person, we don't have to go that route. However, I want to have the ability to say, hey, if you don't like this, let us get a different writer on the case. Let's talk about why you don't like it so that I can put the right writer on it. And I'm not charging them extra. So, So externally, it looks like great customer service internally it's just me eating a fraction of the profit to make this client happy and i've already budgeted that that into the price just like when you go to best buy when you go buy a tv and you use your credit card they've already budgeted the cost of using that credit card into the price of that tv now if you pay cash that's just more profit for them they're not going to tell you it's a different price. You, you're just gonna pay that extra 2.9 percent or whatever, 2.7 percent that it cost them to do that credit card transaction. So these are things that I already budget, or not? I guess you could say budget, um, or have an idea of when it comes to the profit margins on things that I offer. I use this method when it comes to makeup artists. I use this method when it comes to um, bringing in labor for video guys. You know what I mean? If I if I'm paying my video guy. Let's say if I'm charging a base rate of $1,000 and it's $250 an hour and I'm paying my video guy a day rate of $250 and the job is only four hours and we need to stay an extra hour. I can throw that in and tell the client, hey, don't worry about it. We got it. Hey, Samsung, you, you get videos from us twice a week. We don't have a problem staying an extra hour. It don't cost me nothing extra. I'm just losing a little bit of profit. So... I, I'm already, you know, I already have that wiggle room. Um, and that's something that you have to be mindful of as you develop your profit margins. You you shouldn't be charging somebody a dollar and only making two. No, no business model. I'm not going to say no business model, but very few business models only have a 50 percent or 100 percent markup. Most is a lot more. Yeah, um,
4: usually outside of restaurants or something Yes, outside
2: of restaurants. <laughs> Typically, if you're an employee, your company makes four to ten times off of you um, than what they pay you. And that includes uniforms, training, healthcare. They're making four to ten times off of you. I think I said in a previous video that um, I read in the article that Walmart makes about five to six hundred thousand per employee. So every greeter, every truck loader, they're making they're making bank. So I don't, and and I think Amazon was one of the first companies to beat that, as far as what they make per employee. So,
4: so that makes sense in a sense of like, um, if you if a client is irate to an employee, and the versus the manager, uh, digging in their feet of like standing with their employee, they'll just say, oh, let me get another employee to help you out that would be the same thing as if you said earlier, no, normally profiting 250% off of the Fiverr. That's mm-hmm. just in case the client is like, uh, I don't like these words. Yep. And you can be like, let me get some new words for you
2: real quick. I, I learned that the hard way because I was going with really cheap writers and I was passing along the, almost passing along the price. And I, I got a writer where English wasn't their first language so the wording was right but the way words were used were wrong um and this company wanted to be hip and you know what i mean and and they just didn't have the slang they didn't they didn't have the ability to provide the content the way the way they needed um and somebody posted a great a great point that said apple makes two in our iphones and charges a thousand yes And, and you know what's crazy when you upgrade your RAM, it's like a four, or your memory. It's like a four dollar charge for them internally, and like a three hundred dollar charge for you, just to add more memory to the iPhone or any phone. So, it's just something to think about. Another Facebook user says, "Where do I go? Go. Let me post that here. I think that's it. Boom." So you gotta have a good copywriter. Once I get a good copywriter under my wing, I'm usually working with them a lot. I know their questions they're going to ask for new clients. I know how long it takes them to turn around stuff, and because I'm a frequent customer of theirs, they're usually on it quick. Um, I just have an idea of what to expect from that from that copywriter. I usually put a, I usually get about three of them that I'm cool with. Um, and listen, you may know some people who are copywriters who do write copy. There's a lot of local guys or people who English majors that want to make a little money on the side or do some type of blog or content writing that that's within your circle that you may know that would love to make another hundred dollars or $50 a week. I was developing um, relationships with people long before I had clients to fulfill it. Don't wait till you get a client to go find a makeup artist, go build a relationship with a makeup artist. Now, a lot of them want to do, you know, a lot of them want to do, um, Want to do shoots, right? They want to build their portfolio. So if you're doing a free photo shoot this week, go see if a makeup artist wanna jump on it and build their demo reel and build their portfolio. And then um, you know, and then you you build a relationship with them. I mean hey, I know I'm I know a woman that, that wrote a book. I'm tempted to ask her, be careful with that because she may have editors to go through and do it. But I'm sorry, it was a question I was coming in on. No, it's it's
1: cool, it's cool. I was just wondering.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I think it was Joshua that was asking the question. Let me either, see. Either person was muted.
2: All right, let me see. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It
4: sounds pretty good.
2: I can't hear you, Josh. Nah,
4: can't I can't hear st- you.
2: I still can't hear you.
4: Throw it in. Uh, throw it in uh, YouTube chat, and we'll we'll try to find it.
2: Look, video, video, Vasco, Vasco, say I'm a copywriter. Hey, video, make sure you post that in the Facebook group so that people who are looking for copywriters um, can definitely see it. And they like, there you go, you got a copywriter right there. Now, some people specialize in different things like sales, um, sales writing. Some people they just specialize in different type of writing. Um, and you may have some that are that are just you know that are just good all over the board. But build that relationship. I mean, they if you can give them ten jobs a month. You may get a, you know, you may get a discount. So. Uh, hey, mm-hmm. Go ahead.
3: All right. Can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Uh, before I kept getting um, kicked off again, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know if it's just my computer or something, but uh, I didn't even speak this time and I was getting kicked off. So anyway, i um, I just landed a client yesterday Mm -hmm. that is going to be doing uh, 30 to 40 videos with them, and it's all editing, and uh, it's pretty much putting together a series kind of like how um, you have, and I don't exactly know what to charge them per video, but I have an estimate, but I think all in all, the total job could be upwards of, say, it. 10,000 but I don't know what to charge individually because like there's minute videos, there's 90 second, there's, you know, 20 minute like I don't know where to stick my price for a subscription and I kind of wanted to pick your brain on that tonight.
2: Okay. And they, I know you were
3: speaking about it before, but I was having connection issues.
2: <laughs> are they are they um looking to do it all at once? Is it a certain amount of videos over time? What's the delivery what, what how's the delivery method?
3: Um, well, I'm, I'm literally started the first video today. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's, um, there's going to be 10 videos right off the bat within the first three weeks. It's pretty much going to be over a year period, Mm -hmm. but it's like, it's the way the course works. It's almost like three, three weeks till the next video, three weeks to the next video. And then, um, like the whole challenge is uh pretty much a year long okay that's where i uh i didn't know i mean it's the bag in in progression but (laughs) you
2: know i'm gonna tell you how i would do it i'm gonna tell you how i would do it um i would i would do as long as you have things itemized right i would charge them hourly charge them hourly base price hey and and, and there's a few reasons why you want to do it and when i say hourly i mean base plus the hourly you want to make sure it's not sporadic because your time is valuable. So you want to make sure they got everything together so we can come shoot everything for the month in two days and then we can deliver it to you. You don't want to have to go out six times to capture it. So if you do it hourly or with a base price plus the hourly...
3: Oh, that's that's the thing. Huh? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. It's good. all editing. He's, he's actually filming in Africa. Okay. And it's like... It's just, it's, it's freaking awesome the way the whole thing's going to work. But, uh, it's like no green screen. He actually has like Kilimanjaro in the background. Like it's sick. Straight from Wakanda. It's, I don't know. It's just crazy. Seriously.
2: Well, I would, I would do the same base price plus hourly. That way you're not getting, you know, and then offer a discount on it with the subscription. Hey, we're going to give you a subscription where if you get this, this many hours, we're going to do it at this price. And then you're going to get, you know, you get a discounted price. So for instance, I would say, Hey, 10 hours of editing, normally a thousand, but since we're going to do this for six months, we're going to do it at, uh, $800 plus instead of doing $200 an hour extra, we're going to do one fifty an hour extra. So do a subscription based price at a certain amount of hours. And then, Map that out subscription wise per month that way you have an idea of what what's coming, and he'll have an incentive to send a certain amount of business per month because with it being up and down, you want to make sure like hey if, as long as you got ten hours we're giving you we're giving you with the discounted rate, we're giving you fifteen hours for the price of ten, but if you send me less than ten hours, then we're gonna charge you for nine hours, you know what I'm saying so. You wanna you wanna gotcha. incentivize him to 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 uphold his end um by charging a rate that is not a flat rate. You don't want one month he's sending you 40 hours of video gotcha. and next month he's sending you 10. You don't want to do yourself like that. CRP Media yeah, they're looking look okay. out on the super chat. He says, What about working with ad agencies? How much of it of a discount should I give them? Itemized price for their clients, um, with whatever whatever they get off top. Okay, ad agencies are tricky. I don't usually do discounts with ad agencies. That's just me. Um, because ad, ad agencies typically take something off of it. So you're already taking a loss. Um, I typically don't do discounts with ad agencies. But I don't... I usually avoid ad agencies. That's just me. Um, and go directly direct to the consumer. Only because I get to control the experience as well as the cost. Um, ad agencies are a little... They great when stuff right, when stuff go wrong, they want to blame you. They don't want to take the blame for it. And it could be, I've been in situations where there were miscommunications, people working last minute. Oh, we'll email you the, the call sheet, the day of stuff like that. And I'm like, yo, we didn't get the call sheet. We got the call sheet an hour before the shoot. The location is an hour and a half away. That's why we're late. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, I, I, that is an issue for me. Um, but I'm a little more pickier. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at a point where I'm just like, eh, so nonprofit is an ad agencies. I'm kind of like.
4: So, Todd, can mm-hmm. you go uh, back in time when you mm-hmm. were working with uh, 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 TGIF mm-hmm. and where you may where you may had to work with agencies with your food photography? Can you like talk about that experiment, uh, that experience? I think that might help with CP CRP media.
2: Well, when, when, with TGI Fridays, they had a whole different department that that handled the look and feel of anything they wanted out. So by the time it got to me, it was literally like, this is what we need. Um, and it was, you know, because I was doing everything internal for them. So it wasn't really a lot of, sometimes we work with uh, different clients. Like we did some stuff, some training stuff for uh, Malibu Rum, I think it was. And Malibu Rum got a way they do stuff. They got a way they want their, their product shown. Um, so they were relay that to Fridays, and Fridays were related to me. But I didn't – so I didn't handle none of, any of the money aspect of it where I could say this was – you know what I'm saying? They got this discount and they got that discount. They had the partnership. They had the business relationship. My goal was just to create the content. Um, and that – knowing that I'm creating content for – a company that is in every liquor store around the world, and I'm still just getting my salary, is one of the reasons I kind of was like, I'm gonna go work for myself, because I could be paying off a house with this. I could be doing whatever with this, because uh, I know they plan- they 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 paying a pretty penny to have this content created. Um, so, you know, that's that was my next step. But usually, when you're working with ad agencies, listen, don't discount yourself for nothing. Discount yourself for continuous work. That's in an agreement. Never discount yourself for the promise of more work. Never do it. Never, ever, 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 ever do it. Unless you're faced with an opportunity that is worth it. If Jay-Z come to me and say, I need some music and I'm a producer here, take it. We'll work out the rest later. If somebody off the street want to hook up a discount, a lower right, a lower rate because they promise to do more business with you in the future. Sure. Sign this contract. If not, I'll take the discount off the last one. You know what I mean? I'll take the <laughs> I'll take it off the last one you get six months from now. But don't don't fall for the uh, I'm gonna hook you up, bro. Just you know, I got plenty more work coming. Yo, what? Nah, because I've 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 had more customers say mm-hmm. that and not see them again than ever. Um, so I don't I just don't fall for that because what they're doing is they don't want to come back and pay full price. They want to pay full price the first time. They're gonna go somewhere else and they're gonna pitch that same game. And they'll get some other, you know, somebody else to shoot it at a lower price in hopes that they'll keep feeding them and they won't.
4: Is it is it is it possible? So that like this is more me thinking about like the agency thing. Is it is it more possible? Like if you if you had to work or had this opportunity, is it more feasible to think of them as like a physical version of uh, Thumbtack to where they had spent more money in marketing and that they're going to pay for that over cost. So by the time it will get to you, um, they have, you could have got more money from the client since Thumbtack had went through all this money. But with that agency, yeah. they already have the client. They've already done the marketing. So since we're just getting the product from you, um, you would just treat the agency like Thumbtack and have, I may be an an increased uh, amount of money or amount of rate uh, for your products.
2: Um, This is you got to think about when it comes to working with an agency. You are initially like you are Fiverr at that point, right? They're going to make a profit off you. Whatever you charge, rarely are they directly handing you over, handing the customer over to you without some guidelines and usually the agencies that I work for have a good understanding of what they want. This is what we need for the client. I would come in to add little stuff to it and they're like, all right, shut up, get out the room. We're going to handle a rest with the client. We'll give you the, the shot list. Like, like very rarely have I been in a situation where I've had full control and had the ability to speak with one of their clients without the agency being involved. You are A writer pretty much you know you're going to charge whatever they're going to charge the client a significant amount of profit over what you said um, and then they're going to control everything so Thumbtack is a little different Thumbtack just connect y'all and get out of the way you know it's kind of like a good wingman at a party hey you know such and such me such and such I'm going to be over here by the drinks y'all chop it up the bad wingman is going to sit there and talk talk to me you know what I'm saying like tell her about that one time You, bro shut up you know what I'm saying? Tell her about the time you uh, like, bruh, I got this. So, yeah. you know, it happens.
7: Yeah, can y'all hear me now?
2: I hear you, Josh. Hey,
7: I kind of want to bring it back to um, <clears throat> when we were talking about Fiverr. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say? I had a customer come to me who needed script writing, and they specifically said they checked on Fiverr, and they didn't like anything at all, and they paid me just for me to turn around and go use Fiverr. So like I guess my question is, like, what if they figure out like, okay, like I'm using Fiverr? They could just go like the cheaper route instead of paying me like the 250 that I charge them, they can just go to Fiverr and get the same thing for
2: 50. It's a it's all about convenience. Right? You can go spend twenty dollars mm-hmm. at a gas station and get fifty burgers, but people would rather go to McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? It's all people it's all about convenience convenience is one of the most important valuable parts of value is convenience sometimes they just don't want to find the right person and deal with the right person and go back and forth sometimes they feel comfortable just talking to you having the ability to call you a face-to-face it's all about convenience
7: so it's, so it's a comfort thing it's a comfort I, thing I, I I can upcharge because I know they're comfortable
2: with me. A lot of people won't buy stuff online because they don't feel comfortable. Amazon sells what? 70% of everything that's sold online simply because you feel comfortable with them in your credit card number compared to a website that you never heard of that's selling the same item. And you're like, do I want to enter my credit card number here? Hmm. I'll pay $10 more with, with Amazon. and it's just convenience like you can you know what i'm saying i've 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 bought stuff on amazon over like i'll give you an example i i just upgraded the sound system uh in in my truck right i can go into the local sound. i I went to a local sound shop actually i did it before and had some like some subs or whatever the subwoofer blew right and i bought it from them i had i had to go and like it literally blew within four days of me getting it Right. And it didn't even like blow because it was too much power or like cooked like the coil separated from the magnet. So it's still playing. But it's like that's a glue issue, bro. That's not a blasted. I went through hell and hot water to get that thing replaced. Now it blew again. Nope. Going to Amazon. Because if I go to Amazon, soon as I got a problem, I got the warranty. I can just tell them they sending me out another one. I don't have to go through all this with a company that's even though they're local and, and they installed it. The comfort level with the return policy on Amazon is just greater for me because I know as soon as I scan that box, that money is back in my account. So sometimes people are willing to pay more just to have that comfort level. And, you know, it's just that's just business. You know, you pay more for a burger right now. Um, just to go get it in, a, in the next 10 minutes Just to not have to fire up your stove Just to not have to stand over a deep fryer With your fries It's all about comfort right? And comfort is luxury Comfort is value Comfort is things that you provide To be reassuringly expensive And that, yeah, and, and that's why I say Make it easy for clients to give you their money Because if you can make it comfortable for them to spend money They're going to spend more money with you What's what your next true. question? My
6: bad Oh, no, never mind, never mind. I had a question. This is uh, Raheem. Um, it was kind of going back to what I had said about the, the agency. Just giving a little bit of background um, on that. Um, I posted some food photography I've been doing, and, and uh, I think I might have mentioned last time, but the guy reached out to me and said, he yeah, um, they do food photography and stuff like that, but they can never find good quality. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much what he asked is like, hey, can I get like a pricing list from you um, to either one, right to where he goes and say whatever my price is and then he just charges a little bit extra or he was even talking about sending the clients to me so that i know it's a little bit different from what is normally but that that's kind of the conversation we had i know it's nothing in writing but i went ahead and sent off um the the pricing pretty much my package and everything too through HoneyBook and a brochure so he has that for his clients but he hasn't talked about any discount i was just trying to see what would be the best way to go about it Okay, perfect.
2: I I use that method when I work with event planners all the time. So we have a price list, um, which is pretty much a, you know, we write in our proposal that we itemize it for price. Our prices, when you got the base price plus the hourly, it's easy for other people to look at it and determine what's what. My, my, My event planner, if we're shooting an event for GM and it is a, four day long conference and there's there's stuff going on in three different rooms at once. They know we need three different photographers on site for eight hours for three days. My event planner can look at that and determine a price to add to their overall price for the event. For me all she got to do is call me and say hey 25th, 26th, 27th all day. We already got the, you know, we already sent it. They know what the price is. Boom. What I may do, now if this is up to me is if I get an event planner that has a lot of different photographers that's going this route, which very few do, I don't know why, I may offer her a kickback. I may say, hey, whatever you can sell, I'm going to give you 10% in your pocket. That'll be incentive to help them up the package. Hey, you may want to go with three photographers over two photographers. You know what I'm saying? That may help them push our best package. That's something I would do to the to the middleman. And and like I said, she's, re- she's not... Rarely is she going to discuss the price of just what we offer to their client. Cause usually it's a part of their package for their event planning package. We're going to find a venue. We're going to handle transportation. We're going to handle media, blah, 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 blah. To them, they're giving them, you know, they're doing million dollar events. My little $10,000 ain't going to make or break the deal. And if it is, she can go back and make changes before she even consults me because she has my breakdown. So, it works that way when they have an understanding, and that's that's another reason why I move to this pricing structure instead of charging for packaging. Uh, we'll use this camera, we use that camera. They don't know. A majority of my sales come from event planners. They don't. They don't care what camera we use. They don't want to have to figure that out for their client. Their client don't want to plan the event. You think they want to pick the camera? They don't. They just want people there. They just want to get pictures. They may want to get prints on site. They may want to get. An online gallery. They don't want to think about everything you got set up. You know what I mean? And we've had clients where we'll do, we'll cover in an event. We'll have two photographers roaming the floor. We've had a photographer stand by, like oh, we did an event last Christmas. It was a three, three uh, photographer event and I did a video on it which is on the page but we had, I was roaming. We had another photographer in a room with a backdrop that was taking shots and we had another photographer that was by a Christmas tree that was taking shots while I was roaming. And you know, the event planner knew our base price and they was just like, you know, this is the date. This is what we need. See you there. So it makes it a whole lot easier for them to, um, you know, for them to have that information so they can include it. And I offer a kickback. So they keep choosing me. We we do great work and they can make a little money. It works. So real quick, Marcel Williams asked, how do you charge for pre-production coming up with ideas, brainstorming, scouting, um production meetings. Okay, there's a few ways you can do it. Real quick, the business way is there are people on Fiverr who sit up and come with I come up with ideas, video ideas, and they have very cheap prices. Um I'm gonna tell you something like um I used to have a my previous slogan, I forgot what it was, but I got it off Fiverr. They just come up with, with ideas. So when it comes to pre-production, location scouting, I have a price based on hourly rates. We'll go out and drive and look for it, but we're going to charge you hourly rates. Um, Script writing, I still have some, I need some input from the client. I can't just go off and just make you a magic script and you don't know what you want to talk about. I need information. I need to know who your target audience is. I need to know what you're trying to do. I need to know what do you want your people, what do you want to happen when people watch the video? So that's your call to action. With that information, I'm taking it to my copywriter and they'll come up with it. Because those are the questions that they normally ask. So um, I'm not doing a whole lot of brainstorming because I have a process, right? Because I have a system in place to help me go from A to to Z. And that system um, is usually understanding what are you trying to do? What's the problem? Before we get to the fact that you need video, what is the problem? Because video may not be the answer. And I don't want to shoot something for you and you're expecting. Our goal is to give you a return on investment. If I can't get you that return and I know it in the beginning, I'm not going to take your money. Um, because I'd rather build a relationship with you than just take your money one time. Um, So that that's an ethical line that's on you. You may say, bro, I'm getting this bread this Christmas, you know, kids, the the, the PlayStation five about to drop. I need to put in this pre-order. I'm going to go ahead and get this bread real quick and we're going to make it do what it do. But um, you know, when I work, especially when I work at larger companies, it's important that I build that relationship. So As I'm trying to find out what the problem is, what do they need? Hey, we're trying to train 50 associates in 20 different locations in three different languages, but we want it to be uniform and the same. Perfect. Now I know I can help you. Now let's create a training video that that has voiceover so that we can do it in multiple languages. And we're capturing B-roll. Now I have that idea. And then I can get them to provide the script, the training script, and I can get it to my uh copywriter that can turn it from boring text document to video and it's written in a way to be a voiceover some stuff is not written that way some stuff is you'll get it in a book and it'll say look here to see how to do that a voiceover is going to be a little different than than that you know what i mean um so i'll have a copywriter write it um and then i'll have it send it over to my person that does um translations and we'll get it translated in three different languages so, and then we'll provide it to a guy that does voiceovers, which I'm doing all this on Fiverr, and I got you know and then I'm getting all the voiceovers done in multiple languages that way I can provide them to the client to listen to make sure the wording's right, make sure they're pronouncing stuff right um and I you know, and just my experience with creating training videos because all I do is work with companies that are creating training videos um i can I know I have an idea of let's do voiceover because we needed in multiple languages. If we didn't need it in multiple languages, then we can do one guy on screen. Um, but ever, I charge for all of that. Oh, I'm sorry.
7: Have you ever had an issue with Fiverr where you, like, for example, you pay for a voiceover and you gave it back to the client they didn't like it, but you already approved it on Fiverr? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. That's so you why I say
2: have, when, you char- hey. when you charge for that voiceover, you need to charge three, 400% markup so you can go back. I've had people say, I don't like the voice. I don't like this guy. Give me a female. And, but if, you're, if, if your voiceover is $55 and you're charging a client $60, you're jacked. That's why you should be charging a client 350 for a voiceover. Voiceovers are dirt cheap. They're not like they used to be. I get a bunch of emails from people who are voiceovers just like, yo, if you need to hire, I'm not hiring you. I can go to Fiverr and get everything I need done for $25 and get it by tomorrow. So so, if you charge them three fifty for a voiceover, and the voiceover costs twenty five dollars, and they don't like it, okay. I can take a hit on this three times, and still make two hundred dollars off of it. Right. You know what I'm saying? If I nail it, the incentive for me is to nail it right the first time. That way, I get more profit. But but I'm building this for profit. Trust me when. When um, you know McDonald's write off, there's a certain amount of money they have dedicated to, to burgers that hit the floor or don't make it, and they're still making a profit. They, they, they add all of that in, like that's, that's accounted for their loss. Um, I know when I used to work for Best Buy, they had a whole part of their budget um, that was that was shrinkage or straight straight uh, based on loss and what they expected to lose in theft every year. and they as long as they stay within that budget, anything extra we got is a bonus. So they'll say, "Okay, we expect to lose a million dollars worth of stuff in this store because it's in the hood, and because some of y'all are gonna walk out on y'all break and put boxes in the car or whatever." You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's just a part of the business. Like it's just it is what it is. You gotta account for it. So that's already been rolled into the into the profits of every single item you see. A part of it is if nobody stole nothing, a majority of the stuff we bought would be dirt cheap. Car insurance would be cheap. The price of the cars would be cheap if nobody stole, sold anything, stole anything. So companies add that into the profits, and they have a certain amount. And usually, like, usually profit-sharing checks or bonuses are based off that. That's why they kind of want you to police it and make sure nobody's not stealing or, you know what I'm saying? Hey, we 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 expected to lose a million. We only lost $500,000. So, hey, guys, here's a $500,000 bonus or $250,000 bonus. We're going to keep our two hundred fifty. dollars and we'll let y'all get two hundred fifty thousand to split amongst the three hundred thousand of y'all as a bonus. You know, twelve dollars in your check. But as a business owner, you have to account for that. Just like if you had a restaurant, you got to account for all, for all the bad food, right? You, there's a certain amount of bad food that's going to get sent back. It's a fly, some hair, it's cold. You got it. You you got to account for that. So, you got to make sure your profit margins are, are up there.
7: So, sorry if I'm being redundant. but nope, you do, But so cause, Because I'm starting to implement, like, a lot of Fiverr into, like, my business plan, I guess. hmm Do you think there's, like, an opportunity for customers to figure out? Because I feel like Fiverr is not that popular yet. Do you th- feel like they could discover Fiverr and just kind of, like, skip over us? Nope. Or is there a way to, like, get around that? Or?
2: Nope. They don't want to go through what it takes to find the right person on Fiverr. Fiverr is overwhelming if you've never used. It. They, they don't even want to. They don't want to deal with it. It's like you could, you can find out where McDonald gets his meat. That don't mean you want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, that don't mean I want to go do it. I just don't. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want to go through all that. You can find cool. out where a lot of places is. You know, I'll give you an example of a business model that's just mind blowing when you look at it right? Bars. How do bars stay open? You can buy liquor way cheaper than you can at a bar. Some people just want the convenience of somebody pouring their drink and just giving it to them. Beer is way cheaper if you just go buy it and pour your own damn drink. It's just the convenience of having somebody bring you a cold beer. That is what you're paying for at a bar. You're paying $7 a beer and you can get a six pack for $4 or $5 depending on what you drink. And bars are just blowing up. They're not going nowhere. Bartenders, I mean, bars make $30,000, $40,000 a night off $2,000 worth of beer and liquor and shots and drinks. But people love it. So that's an example of, yeah, or movie theaters. People pay all that money for popcorn. All you got to do is get you a girlfriend with a real big purse. Boom. Skittles for the low. <laughs> so, so so
4: so it's sort of like how like currently right now in like all grocery stores there's there's a sale for like hamburger meat that's like three dollars mm-hmm. uh pack of buns for two dollars uh fries for three dollars but i'm still gonna go to mcdonald's and get that uh travis scott burger because i want that sauce
2: that's right there there's if you get if you get a five dollar pack of meat, right? And you buy a bag of fries and you buy some buns, you probably spend twenty dollars. I'm not even twenty dollars, you probably spend like fifteen dollars, right? For for fries, meat, buns, you probably can make ten, fifteen quarter pounders out of that thing. When you do the math, it you find out that you're spending way more for fast food than you could if you just bought in bulk and just made it. Like, you you, it, you never come out cheaper unless you're buying one. Then you come out cheaper. But if you're feeding a family, the grocery store is always the cheapest. The grocery store is always the cheapest. So, you know, think of it like a bar. People are, you, you, you know, I've seen bars next to liquor stores. Like, bro, you know, you can go right there and get that same bottle of Patron for $30, but you're going to pay 75 here. And tip somebody. You know what I'm saying? So it's just all it's all about convenience. I mean, you know, think about flights, right? Bigger seats and first class. Like the planes landing at the same time. So I, you mean you know? Do, do you want to save two hundred dollars and be a little squished for the flight, or do you want to spend two hundred dollars more and lean back half an inch? If it's a if it's a twenty hour flight, then yeah, it's valuable to me. But if I'm on a quick flight to Vegas, bro, I, I sit on laps. Old school. The back in the back in the uh you know the, the, the Caprice <laughs> Classic. I'm going old school uh <laughs> station wagon. We can huddle up to get to Vegas, bro. But you know, Z23. He said, man, you keep uh said, you keep talking about hamburgers, I'm gonna have to go for a food run. I feel you. V23, I didn't even you be that 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 they getting you man they got a that conspiracy bro somebody say buy your own plane hey I mean there is business in buying something and then renting it out that's one of the business models everybody can't afford it you buy a pool you charge people to get in the pool for a person who want to go swimming it don't make sense for them to spend 30 40 thousand on the pool but they're cool spending three dollars some people just you know what I'm saying it's all about convenience some people aren't some things are convenient for people because they're not in a position to go and do it. And some things are just flat out convenient. They can be in a position to do it and just don't want to. There's plenty of people the, who can afford a Cessna that rather catch a catch a flight.
4: Isn't that the business model of both like
2: Airbnb and Uber? Correct. Their business model is being more the middleman though. That's why as that's why I tell you at some point in your in as your, in your media company. When you get 40, 50, 60 or whatever, them knees ain't working. You tired of carrying that big 1DX and all these sliders and junk? You gonna wanna sit back and just answer the phone and send your crew out and just make sure stuff is done. That's why I tell you to work on your business and not in your business. You gonna you ain't gonna wanna be on one knee looking through a viewfinder, telling people to smile and carrying lights and dealing with... You ain't gonna wanna do that your whole life. You gonna wanna sit back and and answer the phone or even just oversee it. Build the business. Don't work in the business. Don't create another job for yourself. Build something that will keep bringing in money long after you're able to do the physical work. People, uh, I said it before. Um, Josh, looking out on the super chat. Um, make sure you post what you're drinking. I got to see what you're drinking and make sure it's approved this week. Um, you know, people who the Ford family—they didn't—they don't got four hundred one k's. They got a company that's gonna make money forever. Right. Why, why would you invest in a 401k when your company is bringing in money forever? That's the goal. You want to people who work need 401ks, people who build a brand that they're either going to sell for millions and billions or they build a company that continues to bring in money. Don't need a 401k. It's nice to have it on the side in case your company stops. But if you got Ford, if you have Microsoft or something huge like that, even if you got something like a Snapchat or something, you can retire today. So somebody said, be that landlord. That's right, okay. Uh, That's a great one. He said, 20 years from now, if I'm still touching the camera, it's because I, because I have to do it. I didn't do it right. My goal is very lofty. That's right. 20, 20, 10 years from now, five years from now, I want to be on the side of a mountain taking pictures of a rare bird with a 1,200 millimeter lens that's the price of a car in a in a jungle safari suit, just because like that's where I want to be, that's just you know I don't want to be in somebody's office hoping that they can say this line straight for the eighteenth time because they didn't want to get the teleprompter i'm just I'm just being honest with you like it's it's a young man's game um and it doesn't mean you can't do it, it just means prepare for that you know take your business there so that you're not on one knee forever it hurts being on one knee hurt man it's rough rough on your body so you know something to think about somebody said straight up the life of Walter Mitty I'm about to google that guy I always wanted to take pictures for National Geographic
1: yeah Walter Mitty man that was the movie with uh uh what's his name Ben Stiller and um he was he worked I was not like Time Magazine or something like that and Sean Penn was like one of the photographers that they always went to and it, almost literally like what you talked about, about photographing one of the most like rarest animals. It was like a snow leopard on the mountains of some like weird, weird place over in Asia or whatever. And he didn't end up not, not the wrong movie if you haven't seen it, but it was just a very iconic moment in the movie when Ben Stiller and Sean Penn were talking and about to take the picture. And yeah, it, it's just like that. And Sean Penn's kind of like that guy that you're talking about, like, I'll just go shoot whatever I want to shoot when I want to shoot it because I'm that guy
2: yeah that's gonna so. be me I'm gonna be in a tree tent with a with an iPad and uh a, and a forty thousand dollar lens taking pictures of birds that's that's what I want to do how can you upsell a client you locked in with price you locked in a price with they're expecting um I mean th- uh, let me be honest with you you can't recover from being a cheap guy Right? You can't recover from being a cheap guy. You also can't recover from not itemizing. So if they say, how much is a music video? And you're like, it's $2,000. they are like, bet. I'm going to need you to be in Montana tomorrow because that's what we're shooting. 2000 right? Okay. You got to itemize it. That's why I never give nobody just a flat out price. It'll start here. It may not end there. You can't recover from that if you, are, if you don't itemize it and do it right. People ask you that on purpose. Right, people ask you that on purpose. That's like me asking my mechanic, "What do you charge to change my 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 socks? And he like, "It's four hundred dollars." And I show up with with uh, tie rods and sway bars and bushings, and I'm he like, "Well, I don't. You got to take all this off to get to it. You might as well put this back up. You know what I mean? You can kind of. You don't want to do them like that. So you want to make sure that you itemize. Um, you want to make sure that you itemize." your breakdown so they understand why the price is that way. So if you need to make any changes, you can say, "Look here, when we only had you down for an hour, but now we got to go to 2 hours, this is where the price is going to go up." And a lot of times, I'm going to tell you what happens a lot of times that we don't think about, right? Let's say you itemize everything and you give them something and they let's say you you give them something for $500 easy numbers and just going with easy numbers. And their budget is 1000. If they look at items that are itemized, Often they'll max out their self because they're like, oh, I got money for this. It's just like when you go buy a car, if you get the if you get everything you want it, you get the sunroof and the power windows and the leather seats and it's twenty five thousand and your goal is 30. You're not going to be like, okay, you're going to be like, whoa, let's add the Hemi. Let's do this. I I can get that. Let's add that. You're not going to be like, all right, I guess I got twenty five. You're going to be like, let me add the extra stuff because I got more money. Just like a kid when they go to the gas station. You give them $10, they're going to buy $10 worth of stuff. You can't say, save something for later. They're going to have 20 Snicker bars and, you know what I'm saying, all kind of chips. So people do the same thing. The problem is you may not see that if you just give them a base price for something that doesn't have, it's not itemized, right? If you say, oh, it's $700, and in their mind they got $1,000 to spend, you haven't provided them with method to spend the rest they like well i can't afford two i guess i'll just stay there where if you itemized it and you say okay you chose this you didn't want to go with makeup because you want you know you said no and they get the bill and they and it's 700 and they got a thousand and they see that to add makeup is only a hundred and i'm just using easy numbers they may say well oh okay i i got a little money let's 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 add the makeup then let's add the teleprompter let's add a slider let's add a drone shot let's add this i'm So that's why I say don't worry if you underprice something and their budget is way over. If you give them more things to add to the cart, they will let them, let them do it. And they'll feel like you are doing them a favor. So, so that's kind of how you want to position it. Um, instead of trying to ask what their budget is and then max that budget out, people will spend their money. They'll spend every dollar they came to spend with you. If you give them the opportunity to, um, and think about it like this. I'm gonna give you a tangible, physical form in which this happens. When you go to when you go to Walmart or you go to any big store and you get ready to check out, usually nothing in that checkout lane is something you came there for. But some of that stuff end up in your cart because Walmart is giving you the opportunity to say, "Oh, I do need some more hand sanitizer, hand sanitizer," or, or "I do need some more gum," or "Hey, they do got this on sale." Or man, it's a hot day. Oh, here's a Red Bull, perfect. There's a Mountain Dew. Perfect. The kids are like, candy, candy, little toys. And you're like, all right, you can get it. It's always stuff in that aisle that you, your kids, you like, don't touch nothing. And it's everything they ain't supposed to touch is usually in the checkout aisle. Or they hungry or something. So, yeah, that's right. All the snacks looking good. So it's always something there to make you want to throw something in the cart. And it's usually a bunch of little stuff that you don't think about dollar-wise. It's, it's never a hard decision in an aisle. It's always an easy decision, gum. And so when you itemize your bill, add a lot of little stuff that's like hundred dollars here, hundred. That they ain't got to think about. Make it easy. Hey, we can come out and also do headshots, fifty dollars a headshot. Okay. So give them easy things that they can throw in. I mean, you still want to add a few bigger ones, you know. But you don't want to, you don't want to make an iPhone in the checkout aisle. Like they got to think about that. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to make it where it's a hard decision. You want to make it where it's an easy decision. And just hit a checkbox. $50, let's go. So depending on what your niche is, start to think about some things. Itemize some things. Hey, we can edit a 60-second a uh, Instagram version that's one by one for another $100. What is it going to cost you? How much time is it going to cost you to change the, the resolution on the same project and export it again? That's an extra $100 in your pocket. And all you're doing is it don't cost you nothing. Like we can put all the footage on a thumb drive and send it to you for another $100. And I got a $3 thumb drive off. I bought them in bulk off Amazon. I got 30 of them for, for, for $5. So little things like that can increase your average ticket. And it's things that they don't have to think about. It's, it's, it's little, I call it checkout items. Um. So make it easy for them to, to just chuck those in and hit a checkbox on proposal files, a checkbox, but other places, you know, it could be something different, but, Make it easy for them. Flying Ryan say the snacks. Everybody getting hungry with the snacks. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not a skinny guy. So food and relationships is usually 75% of my analogies. Um, I did have a question about beta testers
6: stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. I didn't hear your question, Yusuf. What would you say? I
1: had a question about beta testers. Okay, go for it.
2: Right now, I'm trying to...
1: Uh, get a bigger client for as a beta testing like you said go after the big guys so right now i'm i don't have my reel just yet i'm actually looking to establish a reel with them mm-hmm. but i'm how much would you spend on production for a beta client because i, I don't want to put myself in a, in a in a big hole right now towards that because i'm I'm sure I just got out of college and everything. So I'm just trying to figure out a way to attack, to attack this big client, kind of like how you did with the, the lady from the bite shop, mm-hmm. but it will
2: be a beta client rather than a paid one. So usually I, I would say spend, you got to look at it like spend as least as possible. Right. But just make good investments. So if you're working with a client and you know that this client will help you sell some stuff, the, the the better you can make them look, the better you look. But don't go overboard. You know what I'm saying? Don't hurt yourself trying to do it. Um and I've spent money on script writing, voiceovers. That's about as far as I go. I used to do music, but I, you know, I do the art grid thing, so I got a ton of music. So things like that I would provide to polish off the video. Um, to make it look better. But I wouldn't go further than that. Now, you know, you can sometimes negotiate this with a beta tester. Hey, you know, we can have your, I can get your script written, but I may need a small investment from you. So I may charge them for writing and I may not charge them for, you know, the full price of writing. I may not say 800. I may say, hey, in my mind, it's a one minute script. I know my writer's going to charge me 50. I may say, hey, go with hundred bucks. We'll do it. You know what I'm saying? You, if you go to, I mean, because if you say I want to shoot it for free and they don't have an idea, Kind of tell them, hey, we got to go to an outside source or I got writers that can help us develop the idea. I'm just here to shoot it. The least you can, the, the least you can do is have something for me to shoot or or have an idea of where you want to go. Um, You don't got to write it, but at least have an idea. I I You don't want to work with a beta tester just like, I don't know, I don't know, just a video, I don't know. They can't help you, right? Because you're there for more knowledge than content. And if they don't know what they want, they can't tell you what other people in that niche may want. I don't deal with a lot of people who are indecisive. Indecisiveness is not it don't work in relationships, it don't work in in money. People who don't know what they want run get away from them. Um in life, in love, in business, you're not the one for me. I I I I I'm the type where if I research it and learn about it, I can make a decision on it. And as a business owner, you need to be able to make decisions like that. You got to be able to make decisions like that. Um and they don't have to always be the right decisions. So we think we got to have the right decision. They don't. Right? Because if you if you make the wrong decision and you make it fast, you can recover fast. Um but if you're slow, you're jacked. Um so so I'm I'm usually not I usually don't deal with a lot of, and, and be selective with your beta your beta testers, right? Because the goal is to get knowledge from them. It ain't, the goal is not just to get video. To get video for your reel is 10%. 10%. The other 90% is to get knowledge from them so that you can create a product that other people in their industry want, bad. And you know they want it bad because you work with somebody who's used it, Right? I'm gonna go let me let me go hood real quick with the analogy. Right? If you're a drug dealer, a crackhead can tell you what's good crack. Somebody who won't mess with crack can't tell you what's good crack. If that crackhead say this is good crack, then I know this is the crack that you wanna sell. Or at least it's what I heard in the street. My my bad, J Wonder. You uh you was gonna jump on. One of y'all, I think one of y'all was gonna say something.
5: Yeah. Um I was. I'm trying to control the smile. But um trying to pick it back off of Yusuf with the beta testing yep um basically whenever you go for the big you know big fish to do your beta testing what is too big of a fish to beta test for or is is that a thing
2: yeah um so you really can't you really can't lose beta testing big um the only thing you lose is them as a potential client um, because as you I mean, they, sometimes beta testing, they'll say, Hey, we want to get this. We'll pay you for it. You know what I mean? Sometimes it'll go there. You don't want to, you don't want that expectation on them. You want to get the knowledge. The knowledge is worth more than they can pay you. Um, so having a big beta test is, is, is fine. But let's say for instance, if, if I'm beta testing for Pizza Hut, right? Pizza Hut, they're not going to run into the problems that a majority of mom and pop Pizza joints you're going to run into. That's a majority of my clientele. If my area, you know, Pizza Hut, just, they're just on a different level, right? A mom and pop shop, or if in Dallas, we got a lot of restaurants that are one of ones or they're small three location, four location um, restaurants. They're not going to have the same problems as Pizza Hut. So even though Pizza Hut look good on my resume, looks good on my website, I may not be able to develop a product that I can go to the mom and pop shops with. Where if I got somebody that's in the middle, which is if a majority of my clientele is in the middle, I'm better off developing a product for them. Um, So you kind of want to look at your niche like it's a location. Depending on whatever location you're in will determine the type of businesses that work well in that location. A Popeye's chicken ain't going to work real nice in a real nice part of town. It just don't. Now people there like Popeye's, but for some reason, It just don't work out. You got to kind of go in the hood. Check cash in places aren't usually in the nice side of town. They're usually in places where people don't have checking account. So you got to be mindful of your location and what you're dealing with to determine what works best for your your business. And if you get a beta client that is, you know, if if your beta client is a bank and your average customer is a check cash in place, they just won't be able to relate. A check cash in place can't relate to what banks go through, even though they're both in the same money industry. you know what I'm saying, so you just be mindful of that as you choose your beta. You want your beta to be as in line with your your ideal client as possible. That's why I tell you to get three in hopes that you may get one that's upper or that's a little higher, one that's a little bit lower, one that's in the middle. you know what I mean you may get a whatever the top chicken joint is in your place. You may come down to a Popeye's and then go up to a KFC. You may get Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A in the top, KFC in the middle, and Popeye's on the bottom. Now, after you talk to all three of them, Beta, Beta, however you say it, after you talk to all three of them, you can determine what works for all of them because what worked for Chick-fil-A ain't going to work for Popeye's. You know what I'm saying? If you're in an area with Chick-fil-A, that? if you're not, I'm sorry, but you're missing out on some good chicken. So the goal is to kind of get companies that you can what you can you can look at their story and you can go apply it to somebody else in their same um, same situation. And that's what a majority of companies do that offer solutions. Right. Doctors can say, hey, we tried this medicine on these pills on 20 people. Most of the people I tried them on loved it. Few had some side effects. I think this will work for you. That's exactly how you want to approach every new client. Hey, I work with a lot of people like you. In fact, I can show you how they came in with the same problems you walked in my door with and how we turned it around and got them from where you are to here. When you can do that and a client can see, can literally see people who did exactly what they did or was, was in their situation, go from point A to point B, they'll pay whatever, right? They'll pay whatever. If, if I told one person on YouTube, if you can find me at this location, I'm gonna give you a thousand dollars cash. Everybody on YouTube and they can see that I did it. Everybody on YouTube, everybody here will be trying to find me because they know the value of it. You know what I'm saying? They know that it works. They know um, that you're doing what you say you can do and it's, you want proof to because to, to, proof shows value. Value means I can charge more. You know, what I'm saying value mean I can charge what I want to charge almost With, within reason of the amount of value that you provide. So um, it's cool right. to have that big fish, but get you some smaller ones just to make sure you, you know, you're in a good place unless all you want to target is that type of company.
5: OK, mm-hmm. so going to uh, back to the specific location, uh, say, for example, somebody is in the location that's basically a lost cause for them. Like you said, Popeye's in a rich neighborhood. is Are they considered a lost uh, or hard client to help out with? Not just saying Popeye's in itself, but yeah. uh, a story that's starting to build itself up.
2: Um, I For beta testing, I usually won't touch new stores. They don't have enough experience to help me. I want to I work with the guy who's been around for 20 years, who's been around for some time, who's, who's very – okay, let's say he hasn't been around for 20 years. He's been around for 10 years. He's very successful, right? I want to work with Uber. I don't want to work with cab companies that's going away, even though they've been around forever. If I got to choose between the two, I'm going to choose between the guy who has a lot of success in a short amount of time. If they're new, though, if they're building it, if they're a Kickstarter, they can't provide me with experience. The number one thing I want to take away from this relationship is not footage. It's experience. It's them telling me, we usually gear up for Christmas around this time. We, our foot traffic is higher around this time. We usually focus on this. Now I can create a game plan for that. So I know how important Halloween is for this, this particular company. I know in August and September I need to be riding them or sending out marketing to, to tell them that, hey, we, we're kicking this off for Halloween to make sure you're ready to go a month before I know when they usually get ready to 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 go into that area. So I am building I, based because of that experience, I can build my marketing strategy off that. I can build the type of brochures and stuff that I need to go after these clients because I know what they're going to do before they even do it. Information wins war, not artillery, not, you know what I mean? It's all about the information. And if I can get that information from a client, Who has, who's, who, because usually business happens in cycles. They go through the same thing every year, every year, unless they're hit with COVID or something. But every year they go through the same thing. Candy companies know to get ready for Halloween, Easter. They know to start making American flag lollipops in April so they can get them out by the 4th of July. Like every, every business has a cycle of what they go through every single year. I can tell you almost to the day on when my phone is going to start blowing up for, for, uh, for uh, conferences. I know when it's conference season. Right now, the economy dipped. I haven't done headshots in. regularly other than like big clients that I have. I haven't done headshots in three years. I got a lot of clients calling me for headshots right now. A lot. But the economy is dipping. People are looking for jobs. They're looking to change industries. So headshots and LinkedIn profiles and all of that junk is, is kicking back up. I get it. So... When you work with a client that's been there for some time and they, they understand the process and they understand the workflow of the year, they can give you the information you need to be proactive. And now you're not spending $1,000 um, advertising on Google. You're spending 200 specifically targeting this particular niche with a message that's saying, hey, I know you all getting ready for Halloween. We can create this for you. Let us create that for you. Instead of just a bland message to everybody in hopes that somebody swallow the hook, so it's the knowledge is the most important thing you can get, and if they don't have it, knowledge and experience, you can only get footage from them, and that's not enough.
1: Okay,
4: right. so here's a here's a question that I saw inside of chat, and I still wanted to have the uh, the doctor, rather lab code doctor or street code doctor. Mm-hmm um about how would you introduce yourself to like a uh, beta uh to your beta client or uh how would you approach it
2: um i just run in there with a camera like yo let me do this and i just point to it and that's and i like they like bet no i'm joking um so i am really big on approaching you physically i'm really big on it if it depends on what type of what type of niche it is like like it's hard kind of a hard question because it depends on the type of niche you're doing. For me, I work with a lot of event planners, and I told you I would take baskets in there or I'll walk in and introduce myself in uniform, truck blocking the front window, with a business card, usually with a cheap $12 basket. Um, depending on what type of company they were, would determine what type of basket it is. If it's a bar or something, you may want to put shots and drinks. It may not be appropriate if you're doing it for churches. You know what I mean? So depending on what, what what type of client you're working with, um, you can approach it that way. Um I've even gone as far as buying like man, you can buy like cheap basketball tickets on, on, on Groupon for like twenty dollars. Like sometimes when they if you if you someplace where a team suck, like if you Alliance fan like me, you can get tickets really cheap. You can get twenty dollar tickets and just add them as a part of the basket. So I I I like to go and and make an impression that way. People people often remember Ty before they remember Flash Film Media. And and the goal, remember I told you the number one tool in your bag is your personality. It's more important than your camera. So if you go in and you approach them and you know, you got great personality and um they will remember you. And if you leave your card, a basket or something important like that, then they'll you know they'll have something tangible, but usually with a beta client you want to you want to make sure you're giving them something i hey how can I help you that's the that's the thing you need to leave them with I'm here to help you and in, in helping you I help myself so I'm not worried about me if I can make sure that you're happy with what I provide if I can do that right, then it helps me and when people really feel like you want to help them. Then they want to help you back. Um, A lot of people say, you know, hey, we bought a contract pack because we got so much from your regular videos. That's how it works, right? If I was a regular Joe, you wouldn't care. Um, So you want to go in with the mindset of, hey, I have a company that I'm building, I'm growing. My goal is to help dentists like yourself create content that help grow their business. So, how can I help you? I don't want to charge you nothing. I only want to learn from, you know, creating this content for you. It ain't no nothing I charge you with later. It's yours. You own it in exchange for you being honest and upfront with me so that I can provide a great product. And that usually works for me. And just be real with people like people, people, some people just respect your hustle. Some people respect your honesty. Some people respect the fact that you're building something, especially if they're business owners. They love the fact that you, you out here trying to build something. Um, I give you an example. You know when I work with uh, when I work with Parker on graphics, he didn't hit me up and say, "Hey, man, give me free knowledge." He said, "Man, look, here go a thumbnail I designed for you. What do you think?" And I'm like, "That's dope." You know what I'm saying? He approached me like, "Hey, this is I got this. How, how you feel about this? You like this?" And I'm like, "Yo, that's dope." That's why I wanted to work with him. He didn't say, you know what I'm saying? What can you do for me? And then I do this for you. It didn't work like that. He caught my attention by saying, hey, man, here's a dope thumbnail I designed. I was just felt like being creative. I like what you're doing. Here's something that's dope. And I, that made me want to work with him. So you got to think about that when you approach business owners who get it from every angle, um, who who get so many people selling them stuff and nobody there to truly give them something. So go in and try to give them something. And, and and be clear. The only thing I need from you is you to be honest with me. If it's crap, tell me it's crap, so I can make it better. If you love it, if it made you an extra million dollars, fine. That lets me know I can sell it for five hundred thousand. Just be honest with me, like just you know. And building that relationship will be way more valuable than any footage you can grab while you're there. This thing is two hours and twenty minutes. We're gonna wrap in like ten, cause I know y'all got stuff to do. It's five a.m. Alex, where are you at? Where it's five a.m., I'd love to know. Information win wars, not artillery. Who? Huh, that's right. That's, that that got to be an army guy. So you know, you want to make sure that the goal is to you. The goal for beta testing is to get their information, get their knowledge, get their experience, because they're gonna they're gonna lay it out for you where it's gonna make it so easy to win, and and. For fun, film. We're gonna go back to a relationship analogy. That's all. It's always important for men to have real female friends because they gonna tell you, like, dog, why are you wearing that? Why would you say that to her? Don't say that to her. You are gonna run her away? Like, tell her this. Like, oh, okay, cool, cool. If you that, you know, if you the type that's not good in that situation, you get fee- some. Some guys, hey, some guys aren't. Some guys aren't, and that's cool. If you get a real good female friend, she going to tell you, bro, where, don't wear them shoes, bro. Them shoes are terrible. Go go put this on or go wear that. They'll get you right. If you got a bigger sister, she'll tell you, like, look, bro, don't do that. You didn't told your little sister or your little brother, like, look, don't say that to her, dog. Don't go in there talking about hootie who. You know, hey, Shawty, let me holler at you. Hey, red, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you know, it's just it's you have people on the inside that's preparing you for success, and a good business owner with a relationship will also do that for you.
4: Uh, I, I remember from the the last live, he had stated something about uh, something talking with the gold members. Mm-hmm. Um, so this might be like a good reason, like for people to like join on and be a gold member. But something yep. about uh, the the master course or something that you were planning out. Since so, we're together, we have like ten minutes left on the clock.
2: Yes, yes. Okay, so my goal tonight, my plan before YouTube was acting weird and what let me broadcast to only gold members was to go over the master course and talk about the courses that are in it, the lectures that are in it. Um, But I kind of want to wait until I can get, a, get the live working where I only got the gold members because I want all the gold members to have input on it. And I want to kind of list out what's what's being done. So you know what? I'll give you a teaser. I'll give you a teaser, and then I'll, and then we're gonna set up a time, um, if not next Thursday, where the gold members can can log in and see. So real quick, um, why we got ten minutes left? That's a great question. Let, real quick, why we got ten minutes left? So the master course, um, which the going name is from Passion to Profit, the complete guide to creating to create your brand, build your company, and grow your business. It's going to be three parts, three major parts, because I know people are in different processes. They're in in different parts of the process. Um, So there is a part to how to build a company from the ground up. What is the LLC? Why do I need what? Um, There's a part that talks about how to run it. Once you got the company, the legal stuff established, how do I run the business? What are my day-to-day operations? How do I go about getting clients and things like that. Um, and then there's a portion that's talked, talks about growing the business. How do I take it to the next level? How do I go from doing a bunch of $200 jobs to doing higher end jobs? How do I grow the business? So I'm going to discuss the first, the first portion of it, the building part. Um, and I'll give you a quick rundown of what, of what's to be expected from that course. um, the first part is pretty much the intro, what to expect. Um, and there are some points that I want to make sure I cover. Um, and and I want to make sure that we are building a brand that is bigger than yourself. We're, build, we're building a brand that you're going to work on and not work in. I want to talk about how to think big, um, how to put yourself on pace to attract bigger clients. We're not doing this for... $20 headshots. We're doing this to get contracts with companies to handle. Like I, I got a contract with Haverty's, which is a furniture company. We handle all of their headshots in this area, the whole market. So I want to help you build a brand that can handle something on that level. Um. So that's section one. It goes into a lot of detail. Section two talks about, um, should I actually go in the business or should I just be a high, high end freelancer? Some people aren't aware of the difference and aren't aware of the responsibility with the two. So section two breaks down the difference between the two, the pros and cons, um, and so that you can understand why it's important to do either or. Section three um, talks about business models and why you need to ditch any ideas you may have about the older business models, right? Portraits, anything JCPenney's and Sears did, we kind of talk about what they were doing, why it's no longer valid, and why it doesn't work um if you're going into it to replicate that you will not be successful or would it be it will be extremely difficult to be successful um next part is understanding the change in the industry understanding how every company needs video every company needs photography every company needs multimedia not just once in a while but every day they need to post on social media every day so social media needs to play a big part In your solution, and if it does, if you can provide a solution that's wrapped around the idea of social media, then you'll have a customer that needs your service all day, every day, for life. And that's the goal: is to have a business that continues to uh, continues to grow, continues to move, and you do that by creating a a customer that is dependent on your brand to provide a level of um, content for social media. So that's that's number four. Number five is how to work smarter, not harder, when it comes to building this brand. Um you want there's some shortcuts and there's some things that if you don't if you don't know about, you can kind of get it could be long it can take longer than expected. Um and some of the things I talk about when it comes to that is building a brand to be Mercedes and not Kia. If you build it from day one to be a luxury brand, you don't gotta go back and retool it when you're tired of making pennies on a dollar. You can you can you can get more uh get higher-end clients, less higher-end clients, um, than trying to do a bunch of $20 clients. Um, number six is um what three products or services will be your base and why it's important to choose them now. So it talks about your niche and a lot of things we talk about on choosing a niche, how to be specific. Um, how to understand the market for each niche, um, working towards what's, what you may be good at, right? You may have an idea for a niche or a niche or however you pronounce it, wherever you are in the world, and it may not play to your strengths, right? you. For me, um, doing um, photography in the military, we covered a lot of events. My strengths was covering events, corporate event photography, corporate event videography. I just, it was an easy transition. So it was easy for me to understand and talk. Number seven talks about company name. Why you, you, what name you should choose, why you should choose it, Um, how it should be based on your core values that we just picked in the previous section. You shouldn't have a name until you understand what you want to do because you you could decide you want to do weddings and if you boom, bang, pile media, it ain't going to work. You know what I'm saying? Like if you drop it like it's hot media, taking over for the 99 and the 2000, it ain't going to work. So that's number seven is talking about um, name and then you want to name your brand to sell your company someday you may you may have a big contract and somebody may come in and say yo you you create all the stuff for this company we'll pay you this amount for it you always want to keep the idea of selling your brand in your in the back of your mind and you want to build it to sell it. A lot of people ain't thinking about it, but if somebody tapped on your shoulder, if somebody went to one of my favorite guys is Eli and said, you know what, Eli, I like this idea. We want to put this idea story to record in every single Walmart in the country. So we're going to give you $50 million for your company. Okay. Here, you can have it. So if you build it with that in mind, if you're presented with that opportunity, you won't be scrambling and they won't be buying you you won't have to show up and continue to do work and continue to break your back to make things work. They're buying the process and the idea um, and the business. So you want to build it from day one to do that. Number eight, talk about legal banking and taxes, understanding LLC, getting your DNB number, how to build your business credit, things like that. Number nine is um, logo look and colors. And this is after all of the name and stuff for a reason. And it got a lot to do with your niches who you're going after, who your target audience is. Number 10 is gear and tools you need to get started. Camera wise, based off your niche and why this should be last or last, but later in the process. Number 11 is discovering your target audience, understanding who is your audience um, and how it plays with everything else we've done so far. Number 12 is branding with a purpose. How how to take your name and everything you have and build a brand to go after this niche and area that you've been tooling up for, you know, if I'm trying to sink ships, I need torpedoes. I don't need slingshots. I don't need, you know, other methods of artillery. I need torpedoes and whatever I need to sink ships. I don't want to go. I don't need land artillery. Um, so you got to understand that. Number thirteen uh, is know your competition. How to look at your competition and really gauge what they're doing and what's working. Based off uh, compared to them just showing off. Uh, Fourteen is building the ultimate sales tool, your website, and it's a whole bunch of points. I'm gonna kind of speed up because uh, we're getting close to the end. Number fifteen is um, um, being ready for business. Right? How, how do you get everything going? How do you get everything up? How do you or how are you positioning yourself? Or which where where should you be at this point? to be ready for business number 16 is what not to do um so and it talk about things about not having broad niches um you know don't go with a free website don't have Wix all over your website and number 17 uh is books that will dramatically help you get into the mindset of being a new business owner so that is the whole first part and it's it, just the first part that's There's just the first them. part of three of of the master course. And that's kind of why like why it's been taking so long to get it um you know, get it all out and done cuz I want to make sure I mean it's a lot to cover even if I just talk about building your website. It's just a lot to cover. And I want to make sure you have more than enough. So that's part 1 of part 3. That's just the the part that talks about how to build the brand. That's not even telling you how to run it on a daily basis. Um what you should be spending on marketing and things like that. So the second part is running it, um, which is also has, I think I gave you 17 um, running. It has 14 different parts and then growing the business has 12 different parts. So it's a lot of work, but it'll get you everything you need in order to be successful.
4: So here is a question for me and hopefully for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, will this be, uh, a, I I'd call it my living document in a sense of, if things are come up new, let's say there's a new social media platform that comes up that will be great for advertising. Will will that be updated with this
2: master course? Definitely. It's gonna be live. It's kind of like think about it. A lot of people a lot of people when I when I offered the contract pack, it was like 18 contracts. Um a lot of people bought into it and ended up getting twenty-five once everything was said and done. And they did, there was no extra charge for it. So I, I kind of like to keep things live and updated. Unless there's something completely different. You know what I mean? Unless there's something completely different. We do a course on how to master TikTok or something like that. Then it'll be something separate. But as far as things that align with the business side and what we're talking about, yes. I'll also be attaching a lot of live videos that we do that fall under certain subjects. So in case somebody want more information about something specific, Here's a link, a list of live videos that I did where I went into more details or we we talked a little bit more about it. But I want to make sure I include tools so it's not just a bunch of video lectures. That's the thing that's like, you know, how can I how can I create it? You know, the tool so you can use it to 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 help put all this stuff together so you can see the roadmap. Marvin, what's going on, bro? At the green screen back there.
4: Yeah, I was going, yeah, came off a Zoom
2: call. Oh, man, yeah, I feel you.
4: Okay, All right. yeah, no, like yeah, everything, everything there sounds pretty good.
2: So that's that's what I got so far. Um, and, yes, gold members will get a discount. Gold members, will, I'm going to pick a handful of gold members to beta test it too. So you'll get the first, you know, first go around and be like, we need more of this, a little bit of that, and then we'll go live with it. And it'll continue to be live. Um, it, it'll continue to be live. Uh, somebody asked can they pre-order it um Pre- pre-orders are not available yet but I will we, are, we will do pre-orders um because when we start beta test the first people gonna get access to it is gold members I'm gonna present it to gold members they're gonna get about a month and a half with it a month with it then we're gonna do when I present it to gold members we're gonna start to do pre-orders so people can pre-order you know pre-order it um and then we will uh have a launch date big launch date Definitely. Cause I wanna get you know, the thing is this. I I wanna bounce this off people's heads who are using it, who are actually um who are who can take it and run with it, who are who are in the field, who can say, you know what, I need more of this or a better understanding of that. I need you to explain this better. Um and, and it's important that you kinda, you know, you wanna get if you're if you're testing out running shoes, you wanna go to a track meet. You wanna make sure people, you know, People who are running can tell you, yes, this works, this doesn't work. So I definitely want to make sure I get it in front of people who are uh, you know, who are going to uh literally watch a video or watch portion of it, a portion of it, and then go put it into action tomorrow and then come back the next day and say, Hey, we need to change this up a little bit, or I wish I had more of that. And it's kinda I'm gonna go into as deep much detail as possible, but there are some things that stem off and get and go crazy depending on what niche you're in or what niche you're in so i want to make sure that um you know i may later have live videos where we have dedicated ideas where we live and die within a certain uh area you know like a certain niche so um something i want to definitely work on give me a second i feel like my battery about to die over here Uh yeah
4: is, 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 is that is that is that your device saying it's time th- time to wrap it up? Yeah,
2: literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we're at two hours and thirty six minutes. If you're listening to this on the podcast, it is what it is. Um, but if you're not a, if you're not a gold member and you're watching, um, everybody on here that's that's showing up on screen, they're, they're gold members. They get to pop on, and we get to turn up. We got Alex. What's going on, bro? Got
4: done with
1: this drive now. <laughs> Yeah, I got I got home and had to do some family stuff, and I looked at my
2: phone. I'm like, "You're still on? We still we still chopping up." <laughs> Flying Ryan, you're looking out with the super chat. Let me let me address that real quick. He said, "Uh, thanks for everything you taught me." Wait, let me go back here because they cut it off. Uh, everything that you taught me with your class, things have been good lately. Selling myself, weeding out the low low paying jobs. That's what's up. Flying Ryan, you got that demo reel, bro. Is everything, bro? Oh, if you haven't seen Flying Ryan demo reel, it's everything. He is the five key steps for creating an effective portfolio that convert graduate and his demo reel is, is ridiculous. Hey, fly Ryan, post your link, post, post a link to your website. It's 4am. that's so, um, real quick, why do it? say, why do gold members get a better shot at getting selected for monthly mentoring? So coaching is something that like a, like a team coaching a team and kind of having like a weekly thing it's something that's that's on the back burner. It's coming. My my main goal right now is to, like, it's the master course. Like, I actually want to, there's some short films that I want to shoot. I'm not touching it until I get the master course out. So master course is is up and ready. Like, it's it's on deck. It's definitely on deck. But we're going to get ready to wrap. Real quick, because Alex and Marvin jumped on. I want to make sure that y'all two have any questions real quick. Because I know y'all jumped on. Just want to make sure y'all ain't jump on and get a chance to ask a question. Because I got about five minutes of power left, maybe.
4: Go
0: ahead. Go uh,
2: ahead. I'm, I'm good for right now, man. You've been dropping knowledge all night. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm good for right, for right now as well. Yeah.
2: Oh, about you, Marvin?
0: Or who was that? You yeah, good. I'm good
2: for right now as well. Yeah. Jay, you had a question? Jay Yusuf, any of y'all had any questions? No, my well, mind's still boggled from the other gyms that you
5: already
0: threw down. <laughs> I was happy that you catch the end of it because I was, I was, I was like Alex. I was, I was, I was surprised that it was still going on as well. I was like, "Oh, it's still go. <laughs>
1: I'll just hop on."
2: Yeah, we. Whenever for some reason, i got to say for some reason, whenever we get people and we get to pop on video, man, I really be liking to talk. Just sit here and just chop it up. It's good to see faces. It's good to yeah. see faces. I, I just, you know.
4: Is this is this replay going to be available? Because I missed the chance.
2: Yes, this replay will be available.
4: For okay.
7: everyone or for just everybody,
2: I'll make it available right. for everybody. Since I couldn't go, since I only went, you know, I was only able to, uh, wasn't able to go straight to the live feed. But this is normally what a gold live chat looks like. We usually bring people in. We usually have a conversation. Um, and it's, you know, it's just a little more personal. So, you know. We definitely do that. So let me make sure I get that off the screen. With that, I'm going to go ahead and as soon as I pull this chat. There we go. For, with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Listen, if you've learned anything, anything, you learn how to tie your shoe, if you learn how to sell drugs or whatever, you learn how to know who to meet at the dock with the backpack. If you learn anything from this video, I'm going to ask that you hit that like button, that thumbs up. I'm going to ask that if you're not a subscriber and you sat through two hours and 40 minutes, this conversation that you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Um, I want to say it's very important that I'm just a dude on YouTube. I can't do it without y'all. So I really appreciate everybody who took the time to come on camera, to ask questions, to pop in, to watch it, to view it. Even though we had a little hiccup at first, everybody bounced back. And I really want to say I appreciate you guys for, for hanging in there and sticking with me. I hope I was able to teach you something that can put some money in your pocket, that can upgrade your kids from Reeboks to Jordans that can take you from uh, cheeseburgers to, to quarter pounders or whatever you like. I hope I was able to help you get that bag um, in this in this industry because it's a lot of money for a lot of people in this industry, and it's not slowing down. It's going to get crazier. Z23 said, go Steelers. Last time he said, go Steelers, his connection <laughs> dropped. The feds was on him. So be careful, Z23. Be careful, man. But I appreciate the super chat. So... Yeah. Um, Oh, this is going to be on
4: the podcast?
2: Yes, this this will also be on the podcast. It'll probably be updated a little later um, or or post by the the morning. So if you don't get a chance to rewatch it live, feel free to listen to a two-hour and 41-minute podcast. Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) With that being said, I'm going to wrap for the night. I will see y'all definitely next Tuesday at 1 Central Standard Time. And next Thursday, we'll be gold members at 7 Central Standard Time and uh there's gonna be some other videos that pop up because I want to get back to pushing more and masterclass is slowing up me coming out with traditional videos, but I want to push out some more videos um shortly. I gotta do some reviews. I got some some stuff I want to show y'all, but that'll be coming shortly. So I thank y'all for watching. Y'all have a good night. Be safe, wear your mask. Um sorry about the Clippers if you're a Clipper fan. Um hope the football team win this week. Hope the Lakers win it all. Go LeBron, uh, GOAT, greatest ever. Okay, and I, I, with that being said, I'm out. <laughs> Have a good night, guys. All right, fellas. All right. I'll see y'all later. All right, I'll see you
1: guys. Everybody, everybody, be safe. Be safe.
5: So, this is how the kids be feeling whenever they do the classes
2: now. <laughs> 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 <That's> the <truth. laughs> yeah, this is how they be feeling. <laughs> Stuck on here, like, man, what a teacher. <laughs> All right, fellas, I'll see y'all later. <laughs> I'm All keeping right, that in the podcast, hey. by the way. That part's going to be in the podcast. I'm telling you that. No. <laughs> <laughs> you have joke like last
1: time that you took out of contact. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy about that? I just happened to click the go live button and you said that. And when I stopped, it was just hilarious. I was like, hey, it's <laughs> out there. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's why I
1: gotta stay quiet for most of the day today, man. No, nah, that's no so fun, man.
2: I know next time, next week to make sure I pull you in and, and ask the questions because that job was hilarious last time. I'll try to give you some good material for next. Time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right, fellas, y'all stay up, man. All right, All right man. All
6: right.
3: You've been listening to Content and Cash, a Flash Film Academy podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and go to our webpage at www.flashfilmacademy.com.